Welcome back to my Let's Play of Dark Souls 3. <laughs> Today we're going to try and defeat the monster. Uh, which which monster are we trying to defeat? The monster. Welcome to Any Files, Episode Seven, the podcast where we do Bill Cosby impressions. I'm your host Ryan. <laughs> I'm Dino. I'm Jake Cherno, and I'm and I'm Chris. Uh, well, we have we officially have Ryan, Dean, Chris, and Cherno for this podcast. So, you know what? Uh, cool. I'm glad that she's here. She's pretty rad. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. This shoots mirror upon pale ale. Good brew. I like it. Uh, so this episode we covered, I don't even remember how I broke this up. Fantasy? It was, of? it was, I think it was sort of um, RPG-ish fantasy animes that you kind of wanted to go for. Yeah, basically. It looks like, it looks like fantasy was the, the common theme throughout kind of fantasy action. Uh yeah, we did, um, we did, uh, let me just read through the ones we did. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, we did, uh, Restaurant to Another World, 18IF, or 18IF, I'm not sure how you say that, um, A Centaur's Life, Knights and Magic, Knights has a possessive S, and so I already hate the show, Magical Same. Circle, Guru Guru, and Fate Apocrypha. Yeah, so, uh, uh, which one do we want to start with? Uh, might um, as well start with 18 if. Might as well. Yeah. I hate <laughs> life. <laughs> Look, this, this show was just... Uh, this show was just aesthetic. That's all this show was. was it was. Aesthetic. I actually... I really liked the premise of this show at first. So yeah. uh, you start off this guy's in Dream World. It's all kind of like um, Madoka Magica-esque. Things don't make sense. They spend a long time setting that up too. That like this world is just kind of crazy. Uh, the it art style was of, was um, really good. Hold on, keep going. I I, I want to grab something real quick. All right. Uh, and then there's this really interesting thing where like he's trapped in the dream world, which is run by witches. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's gonna be like running through a dream world, fighting witches or something. And then they they took it and they turned it into um like. The witch is actually the witch for this episode. I assume there will be a different one for every episode. Yeah, it's just like some bullied girl who's living in this world to bully made up things back. And the way he wins is by like being nice to her. And that's about the point I well, lost interest. Importantly, it was tough love because uh, she was acting like a spoiled brat, apparently. And so he's like, oh, you're really making me angry because you're being spoiled and get over it. Have any of you read a comic called The Sandman? No. No. Heard of it. Okay, The Sandman is a classic comic book by Neil Gaiman, and this um, show reminded me a lot of that. Like, look at these panels here, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's very sort of surreal, and the matte paintings in the show, the matte backgrounds, some of them were kind of Seussian, some of them were like clockwork, some of them were... I got a lot it, of it Alice really in Wonderland. The, yeah, it was very Alice in Wonderland. They really did that aesthetic very well. Yeah. I feel like they did the aesthetic awesomely. Uh, a lot of other anime that I've seen 
have that same sort of like dream world premise and really don't deliver on the aesthetics, which makes me sad. But I feel like this one was more about only delivering on the aesthetics. Like the story was corny and <laughs> and cheesy and the the pacing of the show was like garbage to me. I, I don't think it was I, I think they spent so long on the setup in the world building that they just ran out of time and or resources it to was, actually it make was, it fun. It, it was mostly world building. Um, I thought OP was cool, or uh, I thought the OP was really cool, mm-hmm. and I thought that. Um, okay, did you guys see the link that I sent in the hangout when we were when I was talking about this show? Uh, no. Okay, this reminds me of the links that I sent were to Daily Motion videos of uh, episodes of Teen Titans. I remember. I remember you posting those now. Yeah, the Mad never... Mod episodes. Um, where they're kind of sucked into this weird sort of hypno- hypnotic type of state, and there's all this weird stuff. It reminded me very much of that. I actually didn't hate this, as uh, it was... I didn't hate this show either. Um, I Again, I think they had a really interesting premise up until the point where it was like, you defeat the witches by by uh, bitch-slapping them, being nice to them. Fucking... What, like, wasn't there wasn't there another anime that was about like winning over a girl to like defeat some sort of demon or whatever? This sounds vaguely familiar, like a Netflix title. Hmm. But there's an uh, there's another I have show. Of, no about idea. That. I'm trying to remember. Nothing's what it's called, original under the sun. It's definitely yeah. possible. Well, it's it's a common trope too to like if you sort of consider the witch a monster uh, to like sort of tame the monster by getting through to the human underneath or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that was what I thought was interesting about this is the whole point of it. He's being told to kill the witch. He's like, kill her, kill her, just kill her, just kill her, kill her. And he's like, I'd rather just talk. Which I think is is kind of cool because you would expect... I thought that was an interesting twist to it, actually. Because you would expect, if they're just like, kill her, kill her, you would expect them to be like, oh, suddenly hero kills the witch. And instead he was just like, why are you doing this? You're being stupid. Go home. And she was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can definitely see that angle. I still feel like they delivered on it poorly. It's like, I think you and I have had this discussion before, and I think we disagree that, like, the thing that makes a good villain is some sense of mystery. Like, don't explain your witches. Just let them yeah. be these weird villains that rule the the dream world and yeah. fight them. Or uh, if you want to talk to them, I don't, I don't know how you could really like, make have... that work. But, like, just explaining that... Like, this is all from, like, one incident where she thought a guy asked her out and it turns out he was making fun of her or whatever, like, yeah. completely ruined the the emotional impact of it. It just felt cheap and corny. This is actually one scenario where I think that flashbacks would actually have helped. Um, instead of taking, like, three or four minutes to describe, like, oh, yeah, yeah, they were betting on whether she'd say yes or not would have been great in, like, a... 15 second flashback or even shorter and then him just kind of figure out like what the hell happened in the next episode and then that i would probably watch the next episode if that was what happened but they were just like this is how you defeat the anime like well it seems like they're trying to do a villain of the week type of thing though too so yeah i don't think to that point you know excuse me to that point, yeah, like, if the idea is that each witch is going to have her own neurosis, and that's the thing you're trying to overcome, then kind of, like, give us the neurosis up front, and then, like, sort of let us see how that is playing out in this other world. 
rather than having like the kind of this weird vague like oh this is like welcome to my world and isn't it great and yada yada and then we're like not told until later why so that's like what it is instead of making it about MC open each episode make each episode about that witch like yeah. mm-hmm. open right, up yeah. the episode with what caused that witch to do whatever go into whatever uh, like they they said that this one had sleeping beauty syndrome which is a thing um, maybe kind of. But <laughs> just just go into whatever um, whatever has caused this witch to become this witch, and then have MC meet up and resolve the situation. Basically, it's it's just like a procedural. But mm-hmm. you could do it that way, and it would be more interesting when you focused on the more troubled character instead of yeah. MC. I feel like main character shouldn't actually be the main character anyway. Like that, he's not in his own dream world, at least not yet. And he's yeah. saving other people while learning about their lives. So, like, if they, they could, could if they could pull like a wandering protagonist sort of deal, which it looks like they were kind of going for, because he yeah, doesn't seem say, to care could, about anything. They could take kind of a um oh, what's the name of the character I'm thinking of? Um, Mad Max approach, where yeah. he's he's yeah. the title character and he's kind of the one we're following. But each story isn't really about Mad Max. He's kind of in it. Um, and he's the connecting thread between all these other side stories he's going through. Yeah, he's yeah. just kind of there. I think the only Mad Max story that's actually about Mad Max is the worst Mad Max story, Thunderdome. Like the, <laughs> the other ones are not about Mad Max, and they're cool. Yeah, I think I really like uh, Jake and Chris's idea. Like, if you make each episode about the witch, so each episode focuses mm-hmm. has a different main character. Cut out the white girl, whatever her name is, entirely, and just. Maybe there are rumors about MC, the person who, like, comes and saves these witches who are trapped in their own dream worlds or whatever. Like, yeah. rumors or something. And so... The, well, especially, the whole, especially if he was, like, kind of a counter to the typical trend, like, they're saying just kill the witch. If we actually saw the witches are just being hunted down and killed, and that was a solution, but he's the one who's different. Yeah. You know, that's why he's interesting. Yeah, and so, like, you know, at the beginning of the episode set up, whatever the witch's neurosis is, show how that plays out in the dream world throughout the episode, and then, like, have him come in at the end, just a quick interaction, whatever, he saves them from the dream world and, and move on. I think that would be way more interesting. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the white girls seemed like a sort of MacGuffin that they threw in just so they could say that it's kind of serialized. Like, just so that they can create some mystery that's going to go through the show. It doesn't seem necessary to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind also of also too much exposition. There's <laughs> just yeah, lots okay. and lots of let's I, talk about how the dream world works and it doesn't really matter. Interestingly, it seemed to me like that exposition came too late. Like if they had mm-hmm. done that earlier in the episode, I think it would have been mm-hmm. fine. But they waited so long, they just kind of threw you into this world, and they were like, ah, "I'm gonna throw you in this world, deal with it," which I think is fine. And yeah. but then they waited till the episode was like almost over. To start explaining yeah. how stuff worked, and it's like, wait a minute, I already became cool with being thrown into this world that I wasn't familiar yeah. with. Why are you explaining well, it now? Like for the most part, you can kind of figure out what's going on. It's not, it's not necessarily self-explanatory, but we've all seen anime before. Like, oh, he's main characters in this dream world, and he's saving people. Okay, and then they explain it, which makes you bored because you already figured it out, or you exactly. just don't care. You're just like, I'll figure yeah. it out later. It's supposed almost... to be an element of mystery. Letting it go throughout the episode, throughout the show, would be a lot better than just like having there be a yeah. mystery to intrigue you just long enough to get to the exposition. That's 
that's not a good approach. And it's not a comedy and it's not a romance. It's not like it doesn't have any other aspects to keep me really interested in it because they already let all the cards fly. I'm actually really interested, though, in the cat character, to be honest. I'm that (laughs) that character. Yeah, yeah, that character. For some reason, I dug the fuck out of that character. I I really (laughs) I I would watch this probably just if that character played a larger role, I would probably be way more into this. (laughs) I expect he's going to be kind of the. The NPC back at the town that gives you all the quests. Like, we'll see him once or twice an episode. He'll be like, I'm trying to research this. Go do this. And then MC goes off and does it. And we don't see him until MC returns at the end of the episode. Yeah. He's the he's the villager who's going to send you walking a million miles to pick up some roots. And you're going to bring them back. <laughs> and you're going to yeah, help I, him make I, a I stew. Wanna, I wanna it, was, uh, it was really interesting, though. At the end of the episode, when they walk through the blue door, so they're supposed to get out of the dream world, and then we see MC in his room again, and we look out the window, and he's still in the dream world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just stuck there forever, man. It's, uh... Man, if only Quantum Leap didn't do that better. <laughs> like, 30 years ago. <laughs> um, Dean, you mentioned the OP. I... I kind of pendulumed on the OP. Like, it started out, and I was like, oh, yeah, kind of chill step. Like, this is right up my alley. And then they started in with those, um, I don't know what you call it. It's not, like, auto-tuned, but it's like they filtered the, the vocals to sound kind yeah. of computerized. Yeah, they started with that, and uh, I did not like that at all. And then towards the end of the song, I kind of got back into it. Oh, are you thinking a uh, vocoder? Kind of a vocoder effect. Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit. I've been playing too much Beat Fever, so I really liked OP. <laughs> uh, Dean, uh, you may need to restart Voice Meter. Oh, the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the thing about the OP is that it's Teddy Lloyd, so like, it's probably gonna be good because he's he did all of the uh, or he did a lot of the uh, the soundtrack work on Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt, and he's been in a lot of different stuff. So I was a big fan of the OP kind of all the way through. But just because I'm a huge fanboy of Teddy Lloyd. Shall we move on? I have nothing else to say about this. Oh, we should probably uh, index it. <laughs> index. I wonder yeah. what we're going to choose. Uh, I dropped it. I, yeah, I I don't care. I dropped it. I'm a drop as well. Drop. Uh, your mic is still coming in kind of choppy and robotic, Dean. Uh, and well, his, his audio is dropping just as he is dropping the show. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's audio dropped him. Um, oh no! Well, Dean, I thought he had another season at least. While Dean messes with that, shall we uh, then talk about Centaur's life? <laughs> sure. This, uh... Dude, this anime happened. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> what even? I was so bored the entire way through this show. Yeah. It started to get maybe vaguely interesting in the second half. Agreed. Um, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, so yeah, like what, what it started off as, and this was kind of the thing that was a little bit weird to me, is that it struck me as kind of deviant art in that it was unironically... <laughs> Dean is giving Dean. a thumbs up right now. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 they are kind of like unironically putting all these like furries basically into a <laughs> normal Japanese high school setting. 
and just sort of like ignoring the fact that that's the case because like oh yeah we just like the aesthetic we're gonna do this and of course mc is a centaur so uh yeah. she has like all these sort of like yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter that anyone is what they are, except in her case where it's like, oh yeah, she's too heavy for the thing they're doing for their theater class. Uh, how how awkward and embarrassing. Um, and yeah, it's just it's like slice of life day in a high school girl, you know, having having some awkwardness and stuff like that. And then you get into the second half and they start introducing this whole thing where it's kind of like their themes of uh, racism and social like discrimination and all this different stuff. Um, the not-so-subtle uh, statement that, oh yeah, had evolution gone a different way, we would have ended up with humans that all look the same, except for their skin color, and there would have been no racism then. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it, it's just like, it's so unsubtle uh, that yeah. it's, it, it's, it's very on-the-nose, and um, while it could have been a little bit interesting, it just wasn't. Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, like They started off with that, and I was like, alright, I see how you could make this interesting and explore these themes and then they just explicitly Didn't. stated the point they were trying to make right right like, right oh well the, never uh, mind am i am i clean <laughs> am i clean now you're still cutting out a whole lot yeah god okay i'm gonna drop out of the call and i'll fix it and then uh i have something to say about this show though all right um <laughs> yeah like at that point it was interesting also that they basically fixed in scare quotes fixed um <laughs> racism by making it illegal like we see the government employees kind of looking in on the classroom as the teachers giving that lecture mm -hmm. uh the the one like half ram girl mentions that it's illegal for them even to be having that conversation um yeah. like i feel like it would have been a good show for me or it would have at least been okay like i may have continued it if it wasn't it, like there was no element of random animal ears on everyone like with the whole centaur thing gone that didn't make i might sense. watch that what it, it, the the am i still dirty no you're good no you're good okay you're good. good um they i mean you're oh, still dirty but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, dirty. we can't fix that <laughs> no i had i had two two kind of issues with that actually they're talking about how people are have six limbs everybody has six limbs Except okay. that not everyone has six limbs. Yes! It, the, okay. the centaurs are the ones who have six limbs. Well, no, they, they said... she only has four, wants. right? No, she has hands. Well, no, it's, it's the she four legs. She has six, and hands, then yeah. the angels have wings, and Which the people count. with the wings bat wings have wings. I thought I they counted, because when, when I was listening to them talk about the uh, evolutionary track and everything, they said that um, they came up from six-finned fish, and that's why everyone has six limbs. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I don't think wings count as limbs. Well, I think that was wings? just the. I thought they counted. I think right? that was the the point at which evolution diverged from what it actually was. Oh. So, okay. had we gone a different way, we would have ended up with Homo sapiens. Um, okay. But instead, we ended up with um, Homo furries. Okay, Basically, so we, we have... ended up with Tumblr. Uh, now, Ryan was making a point earlier, and this is what interested me. They were talking about how there's like all these laws about discrimination and stuff like that. And at one point, their teacher, and it seems like there's some undercurrent of the government forcing people to say this, but mm -hmm. the, the teacher says equality is more important than civil rights. And then she goes on to say it's more important than your life. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they continue to go. They, they go out of their way to show us that uh, some of the races are better than other races at different stuff. Like centaurs are faster than any other races, so they have their own race. Like... They have their own race, race, running race. As about, right, yeah. like, um, <laughs> their own track division. There you exactly. Go. Um, 
which seems like it's supposed to be a message, but then they also have this weird undercurrent where they're, it's almost like they're trying to say that all these government restrictions on speech and on, like, yet still dividing the races and saying they're different, but you're not allowed to say that. It seems like there's this undercurrent of the show saying that's a good thing, which I don't yeah. understand. Like, the, it seems like the show is really trying to make a point about racism and making laws about racism and all sorts of stuff. And then there's no clue as to what that point is. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And I mean, it is only the first episode, so I, I'll forgive them for setting that up and not really making any um, statements on it yet. Like, this is a thing we want to comment on in the future, but you're right. It definitely feels like they're trying to make a point, but um, they don't make the point. Yeah. I it it felt seems like... like they're contradictory. They're, like, contradicting themselves. Because they have like they have certain parts where it's trying to make the message of like oh this is good the equality thing it's so great we the government saying we can't say certain things is wonderful and then there's another part where they've got like these shady government actors outside the the door looking at like Mad Dog and the teacher while the teacher says equality is more important than your life <laughs> and it's like wait a minute is this a good thing or a bad thing because you're confusing me show yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the show doesn't really know what it wants to be, um, because in the first half it was one thing, in the second it was something totally different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you had these themes that they're trying to hit on, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But again, the on the noseness I think is the issue for me, mm -hmm. because if it was like we're going through the everyday life of this centaur girl, and some of these themes just happen to come up as part of that, and like maybe they're hinting at eventually somewhere down the road there's going to be some deal where um, racism does start to kick in, and that becomes more of an issue. Um, in her life, it does affect her directly. Um, I don't know, it just, it, it didn't seem like it knew where it was going, and I could see a few different ways that it could go, but I'm not really sure based on that pilot. I feel like if it was a slice of life about a centaur girl and other woodland, various woodland creatures, um, <laughs> various and it woodland was, women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the fauna. And if, if it was just about that, and it was like maybe just like a plucky comedy, slice of life i would watch it or if it was about centaur peoples trying to survive in a world of racism and it was not a slice of life i would also watch it but it's trying to be both of those things and those two those two subjects are i guess paced so differently or whatever it, I, I can't really figure it out but like they don't work together at all yeah it's trying to be both feels of those weird. things it's also trying to be a weird socio-political message that it seems like it doesn't know what it wants to say but it wants to say something yeah. it, it, it's trying to be a slice of life it's trying to be um it, it's trying to be a lot i think you're exactly on the nose with that it's it's trying to be a lot of different things and it's not doing particularly well at any of them yeah <laughs> uh was i the only one who found the main character just kind of slightly horrifying <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say horrifying, but because I would have entire... said no until I saw the OP where she's wearing like a two-piece swimsuit, but she's also a centaur, and then it's, that it's... was the point where I was like, "This is unacceptable. <laughs> this is so freaking weird." 
<laughs> it is it is uh, physiologically terrifying <laughs> the way that they design this character. That was about my thought. Like at the start, when they just have the crop of the upper bodies of the two characters, I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. And then you see that she like her lower half is a horse, and exactly how that functions. And they even make the comment in the second half, like if centaurs get too out of shape, we can't wipe our own butts. And I'm just like, oh, stop. <laughs> Stop. I was about to I was about to ask if we were going to address the fact that a fat centaur cannot wipe its own ass. <laughs> Cause first that makes you imagine a fat centaur, and I really didn't want to go there. Like in my brain ever through my entire life. Also, where do centaurs deposit fat? They've got a human torso, so do they deposit belly fat or is it like does the center itself become? Does the horse? Oh yeah, they bit technically have like fat? two stomachs. Yeah, right. Like the human <laughs> stomach and the horse stomach. Oh, that raises some interesting questions about the anatomy of centaurs in general. But uh, <laughs> this is but, fucking terrifying. But and you see, that's the thing too, is that like they they even brought that up, which makes us ask about it. It's like you know, if you just hadn't asked that question, then we would be totally ignoring how this works logistically because it's a fantasy world in which there are furries you know yeah Yeah, exactly who cares it's an anime people do things and then things happen and it doesn't always make sense and that's fine it's entertaining it it can't even be that she doesn't get tired during the they're supposed to have run a full marathon which i think is either a translation error or someone who doesn't know what a marathon is but they're supposed to have been have been running a full marathon over their lunch break and then, but the, the, the horse, the centaur, isn't getting tired. It can't just be that she's not getting tired because she's a fucking horse. It has to be <laughs> that she's not getting tired because she runs with her mom every day. Well, why do you do that? Because if we get fat, we can't wipe our own asses. Show me a fat centaur. Now. You've promised me a fat centaur now with that. I have oh, it's to coming. see one. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, there's going to be like a season six of this. She's going to go downhill, get crazy into, you know, binge drinking and drugs. The the fame's going to get to her. She's going to get married and just let herself go. (laughs) That brings it back to the point of like, she could have just said like, I run with my mom every day so I don't get fat and then not have been a fucking centaur. (laughs) And then I would have been okay with the anime. Like, I don't understand why they had to do that. It, it actually bothers me that they I, just tried they to make say, three animes they at once. She has horsepower, which to me sounds racist. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I appreciated that joke so much, but I wasn't sure that sounds like something that a, a translator would that, that have sound, put in. Yeah, I even said while we were watching, it's like that sounds like a slur to me. I mean, yeah. they already like brought up this theme, and so now you're watching out for it. You know? yeah, it was like I, right I after like... the part where they're like, "We can't talk about me giving you a piggyback ride because the racism police will get me." <laughs> And then, and then she's just like, "Oh, you've got plenty of horsepower, like fucking <laughs> lady." Ugh. I did appreciate that joke. Um. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the pun, but to me, it's like I loved when it came up. It, it, I, absolutely. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what are the implications of this in this world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing that makes me think it was. Uh, on the translation side, that maybe that wasn't yeah. in the native Japanese, because they just passed that with no comment. Yeah, because, like, Crunchyroll is... I, I, I'm a little bit fuzzy on this. I, If I remember correctly, Crunchyroll is, like, user-subbed mm-hmm. for simulcasts? No. Or it's, they have people to sub it? Yeah, they have people. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have people. Okay. Well, kudos to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
that, that sad man working on his computer at 5.30 in the morning. I really do think the implications of this show are horrifying. Um, and I also am certain that they're not going to touch on that at all. Like it's 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 it, the implications of this world are are terrible. Yeah, and they're also not going to address that. Yeah, they've already yeah. they've already shown that they're pretty inept at dealing with their own subject matter. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's that's the point of a slice of life is to just have a, a nice, convenient, comfortable school life or whatever situation, and then not much happens in it. That's it, like it's not a slice of life if. Something happens at the end, generally. So, I, like, I, like on the one hand, I, I I would have I don't think I would have liked it if they went this route because I, I complained at the beginning how like there's no reason for all these people to be this way. Why do we even care? Yeah. Again, the DVN artifact. But then, like, at least if they just ignored it and had occasionally her being a centaur cause some awkwardness, then that's you know the slice slice of life right there. You could have a show just yeah. with that. And then there's no there's no need for bizarre racist undertones like. <laughs> That, uh, you can't resolve the racist undertone, so why are they there? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's there's this weird sociopolitical undercurrent that they're not going to pay off. They can't pay it off. I don't know if you can tell in my voice, I'm like getting actually frustrated just talking about the show that I've seen. <laughs> it, it like it bothers me to such a large extent why Man. they decided that this was okay. Like a team of people was like, this is this is good. This is this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to sink all of my money and time into fucking centaurs uh, i Jesus. you know the last two episodes of this uh this podcast i'd been plugging along like i'm gonna watch some anime a lot of it's gonna be bad i'm gonna do it watching the the anime for this episode fucking broke me it's <laughs> <laughs> your little uh, icon there yeah. uh, and, and for like for like what was it four or five days or so i would message uh every or ryan every yeah. single day saying have you watched centaur's life i want to i i want to hear you cry right, have you seen it yet have you seen it yet it's really bad have no, you seen centaur's it Centaur's life did not hurt me as bad as some of the other anime we've seen honestly like the second half was interesting yeah. enough that i was like oh okay maybe but this I, is the mm. at least it was important enough for me to get bothered by it like, I, I actually gave a shit enough for me to say that I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, they call for something, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone have any closing thoughts? Not really. Uh, I dropped I'd say it. it's anime of the season. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll drop it, then. <laughs> Dean? I'm not watching to the end at all. No, I'm dropping this. I have better shit to watch. I struggled Shit, watching past the first episode. That's actually going to pay off on implications. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chris? Drops. Yep, that's uh, four drops. And with that... We're, we're 0 for 2 so far. Fate <laughs> Apocrypha. Ah, yes. So... Can I, can I talk about this first, actually? Yeah, go because for it. Because I, I don't know anything about the Fate series. Me and neither. I, I, this is my first Fate experience. I've I've seen Fate before, um, but I really I'm just not an action anime guy. As long as it's just action, but uh, Fate Apocrypha was I, I thought it was really promising. I, I I'm not gonna say it was amazing or great because again it, it didn't have any of those things that I like in action anime, like kill a kill style comedy or whatever. But I mean it's it's a Fate series. It's gonna look gorgeous. Um, the the writing was good. Um, the storyline was actually laid out kind of okay. I mean, it was confusing, but it's fate, so I'm not super shocked at that. 
But like at the end of the episode, I, I not knowing really anything about the Fate series except for its general layout, totally understood the plot. I knew I could tell the characters apart. You know, uh, I was I was curious to see what happened in the next episode. Like I, I feel like it did everything perfectly for me. Uh, Dean, you want to go next? I'll go last since I have the most experience with Fate as a franchise. Actually, before Dean goes, I just want to sort of comment. I'm, I'm interested to hear Jake say this. Because <clears throat> going into it, he was not looking forward to it. He was like, oh, oh. i got to watch freaking Fate. You yeah, I, so I like, almost skipped it and was just going to yeah, ad-lib it the entire time. almost skipped it. And so, yeah, yeah, hearing you say that you liked it that much, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I, I could not find things to be disappointed with about it. See, I, I'm interested to hear that as well because I thought you would have been harder on it. And I thought you would have been harder on it, especially considering how... It could have been the mind space I was in when I watched it, but mm-hmm. I, I was a little rough on it. Um, yeah. The I'm, I, I have no prior experience with Fate, and people have told me to watch Fate and stuff, and when I finally was going to be able to do it, we were going to be doing this show, and I was like, oh, well, well, then just like, you know, for show reasons, I'll go into it cold, not knowing <laughs> what Fate is, and just right. watch this without any backstory or anything. My, my first question is, Ryan... The battle scene at the beginning, or uh, Chris, if you know any of this, the battle scene at the beginning, did that mean anything if you've seen previous fates? No. Um, no. Not necessarily. In fact, in a way, it's kind of confusing because like, this isn't how it normally goes. Um, it, it seemed to me like it was a flash forward. It was kind of a, like, hey, we're showing you kind of like, you know, late game or the climax or something like that, and then we're going to go back to how it all started. I didn't I, even I consider actually... that's a possibility. I was actually a really big fan of that because, again, it's Fate series. Is this the UFO table? No, it's A1. It's A1? Yeah. So, well, still, it's A1. So they were able to kind of flex their action anime muscle and show me that the battle was, like, badass. Um, And I figured that, like, none of these are characters I know. They're all... I I don't think they called each other by name, did they? They call each other um, sabers, and I think that's it. I think they call um, the servants call each other by their classes, which is the main thing you see in that first prequel. So you've got saber, archer, lancer, um, rider. Okay, that uh, see, I Um, didn't even know. So that's by their classes, and then the the color for the team they're on, red or black. See. Exactly. So I didn't even know that was a class. Like, she said Saber of, of Black, and he said Saber of Red, and I was like, oh, okay, so we've got, uh, obviously teams, right, and color-coded teams, which is, uh, mm-hmm. um, either super helpful or super lazy, depending on how you want to, <laughs> how you want your stories, right? Um, like, George Lucas, red is bad, and anything not red is good, right? But, um, <laughs> The uh, <laughs> there's a that's one of the things that it's this it was a cool battle sequence but I felt like I didn't give a shit because I didn't know what was going on and I didn't care mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen a battle like that before they didn't tell me that there were any stakes to this battle um, it just looked like two super powerful people with flaming swords just yelling at each other which <laughs> I mean is you're not Dragon, wrong yeah well I mean that's I mean that's the thing is it is Dragon Ball Z right but <laughs> yeah. Dragon Ball Z has character set up before they start throwing lasers at each other so that that, that kind of confused me and then we flash to a school and I'm like oh okay so that was just a thing and now we're starting a story <laughs> and then yeah. they didn't really give me anything to latch onto um mm. the, the characters didn't necessarily pull me in they didn't really get any development. Uh, so there's a guy who's studying to be a mage and he's freakishly happy and upbeat and that's all we get 
for him, right? And then the rest of them are just like blank. Uh, this guy's got scars on his eyes, so he's an action guy, right? Yeah, sure. Of course. Whoa, well, who is he? Um, and then they start going into the story of like the grails and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> and because one thing I in oh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. One thing in particular I thought that that helped me kind of understand that, because I I had a little bit more knowledge than you did. I knew it was a war over the Holy Girls. That's what fate has always been. But what helped me a lot was the visual uh, chess scene, if you remember that, where there there was the black side and there was the red side, and then there was a grail in the center. And that's what helped me get it, because I was like, oh, that's that's obviously what what they're trying to show us is what is happening outside yeah. that that the red and the black are fighting for the grail and you know and there was some hidden symbolism there that i'm sure is going to mean something super great but that that you, helps uh, me understand it a lot better you have without more kind of explaining than, it. in a one than i do well this was so it, it i i hooked into when they were talking about it i hooked into that this was okay this is red versus blue with competent characters as far as i as far as i can tell right um yeah. the um the, the, the servant summoning was weird to me. I, I don't know why. Why was one side able to summon five servants and the other side just has the one? Why? Um, like, there's there's a lot of questions that they brought up that I just didn't... It, it really kind of pushed me. I felt like the show was pushing me away the whole time because yeah. I wanted to be into it. I wanted to get it because this is kind of up my alley as far as yeah. genre is concerned. I wanted to be into this. And then the show just does a thing, and I'm just like, wait, what the fuck? Why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> and I felt like the show just kept pushing me away. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so I have seen all of Fate Zero, all of Fate Stay Night, the series by Dean, all of Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works, the series by UFO Table. I have not seen Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works, the three-part movie series by Dean. Uh, so... Fate is a visual novel by Type Moon, um, and the original root of the novel, Fate Stay Night, uh, was what was adapted into the TV series, Fate Stay Night. Um, Unlimited Blade Works was an alternate root in the novel, which is what became the, um, both the movies and the series, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works. And then Fate Zero is the prequel to Fate Stay Night. And this is another route in the novel, or maybe its own separate novel, which is just, like, still set in the Fate universe, but completely different characters, completely standalone, basically. Um, And as far as Fate series go, this one was pretty bad. Hmm. Uh, One of the things I really like about Fate is that, especially in um, Unlimited Blade Works... uh, um, Actually, Zero, too. The ones done by UFO Table, the good ones. All the characters have really cool character designs. And this is the thing that stood out to me the most. Um, in this one, the seven people on the red side, the good guys, all have cool standout character designs. But, like, in that scene Dean mentioned, where five of them are summoning um, servants at once, like, those character designs are so generic and so yeah. boring. Um it's the thing, you just said the good guys are the red side, and I didn't get that from this. Like, I, I didn't, I I don't know that. Like, I know that they've said mm. that, oh, these guys over here on the black side are weird and creepy, and this guy sold his soul, and blah, blah, blah. this is anime. That doesn't necessarily equal bad guys. 
So I'm, I don't, um, I didn't even pick up on it. I assumed that was it because we're seeing, you know, the common tropes of the good guy side. You've got the old maester kind of guy who's, you know, telling everybody what's up and that's where we get our background from and our exposition. And so you assume right. these are the good guys, but I didn't pick up anything necessarily on the red side that made them any better morally than the black side. I didn't. There was nothing that made me say these guys are good guys. These are the ones was, I root for. Well, there was the whole homunculus thing yeah, that looked pretty bad. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, is that like, was that that was clearly a bad thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like like we are storing humanoids in, inside to use them as batteries. Like that that didn't seem like a super good thing. Also, but I, is there anyone who didn't pick up on that child is going to be end up being a sacrifice to the the giant golem like? That was my immediate yeah, thought. That was just, that's as soon as they were like, we need to happening. get a core. One of these homunculi is going to make a fine core. And I'm like, that's not going to work. That kid's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, we need a powerful soul enough. One day we'll find one. And he's like, yeah, maybe one day. And it's like, okay. All right. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, I... I, I, I want to say that I'm not being super hard on this because it's the... It's the first real fate anime I've given more than like six minutes of, but I, I it's still a pure action anime, and uh, I thought it was UFO Table. Uh, I guess it was in a, a string of other anime I was watching, so I didn't notice from the design. But if it's if it's not UFO Table and it is A One, then uh oh, because this is probably as cool as it's gonna get. Yeah. Um. I also wanted to say I really did not find that battle scene at the beginning cool or well animated no. at all. Um, like the the big payoff at the end of that battle scene is like they pull out their the two um, sabers, pull out their noble phantasms, which are just like giant energy sword beams up to the fucking sky, and they're standing like. 30 yards from each other. They just lower their swords and the beams wrap around each other and then one of them dies. Never crossed the streams. Yeah, yeah. never crossed and the streams. And we don't know which like, one died. Uh, Black died. Um, Black died I in mean, that one? We, we know who died. Well, that, that, okay, that to me, um, no. you're, you're right. That was a Dragon Ball Z beam fight. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was very generic, not in, incredibly interesting. And like, it, it'd be one thing if they built up to that, and it's like, oh man, we've like seen like how they've been gaining in power and suffering defeats, and now like they're both like going going off. Mm-hmm. But it means nothing when that's just the thing you open with. You know? Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is, Jake said that this could be like a future scene or like a this could this is just a little flash forward vignette maybe, and that I hadn't mm-hmm. even considered. I assumed that this was from a long ass time ago. Like, this was a centuries ago thing that happened, oh, and yeah. now it's going to circle back, and they're going to face off again. That was my assumption. I didn't even consider this might be a flash-forward type vignette, and that, to me, is like... You can call it mysterious storytelling, but I should have some... There should have been something that led me to think one way or the other, and there just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, um, what, what helped me kind of realize or come to that conclusion i guess i I already kind of figured that was what was going on just because i had a hunch but at the end when they summon the five people i think one the only guy that stands up and says anything important is the guy that's in that fight and he's like oh yeah i'm ready to fuck him up or i don't remember what he says (laughs) but like i think that's what he said but that's about as interesting as the writing gotten (laughs) yeah yeah no it's it's classic fate um 
over over storytelling to me. I don't know. I, I so many so words he, there. I really like this kind of spin on the Fate universe that you've got the two teams of seven heroes. Um, yeah, because normally it's just like a free for all, right? It's yeah, just like normally it's normally it's only yeah. seven heroes, one of each class, and it's a free for all. Whoever is the last man standing wins. So this is kind of an interesting take. Put the pit the two sides against each other. Because uh, one of my favorite things about Fate, especially in Fate Zero, is seeing how all the different heroes interact with each other. Um, like we, Chris and I, um, have been watching Fate Zero at Anime Night a little bit, and there's a, a scene in Fate Zero where uh, three or four of the characters all just like take an episode, sit down around a, a keg of wine, and just talk. <laughs> And so you have yeah, uh, they call a truce. Basically. Yeah, you have King Arthur, uh, you have uh, Alexander the Great, and, uh, and Gilgamesh. Actually, so I think it's only mm-hmm. the three. And so it's just like, what would happen if these three characters from history sat around and <laughs> talked about their ideals for a little bit? And that's super interesting. Um, Did anybody stick around after the credits? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, after the credits, um, we get, I think it's the blonde chick on the red team. Uh, Jeanne d'Arc. Right? Yes, okay. Is she Is that Is that her? Because mm-hmm. it seemed like she was praying to Jeanne d'Arc at the end of, the after the credits. Oh, the no, she okay. is Jeanne d'Arc, and she was praying, but not to herself. Okay. All right. Well, then, then that totally confused me. Man, this show. So this is. I don't know why. I just, I just, I just couldn't. I, I don't know why. So just to clarify, this is a different person we're seeing here than the the red saber that got summoned uh, because she was Arthur's daughter. Yeah, that, that's that's what confuses me is that she's supposed to have been the the heir to uh, Arthur Pendragon, and then but at the end of it, she's praying to Jean d'Arc. But if she's Jean d'Arc, then what? I don't. No, those don't those were two separate characters. Okay. okay, so she wasn't the one after the credits. It, she wasn't doing the voiceover after the credits, but that was an image of her praying after the credits. Um, maybe this is why I liked the anime a little bit better because I didn't care about any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh shit, yeah, people are getting murdered. All right, let's go. Like, I I didn't think about any of the stuff that y'all are talking about. Yeah. So the the daughter of Arthur Pendragon had no relation to the scene after the credits. Okay. Okay, see, I thought it was the same voice actress, but that was me being not knowing what was going on. Okay, fine. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused by this show, guys. <laughs> Did you, like, get the French subtitles or something? Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, dude. I just... I'm so no. confused by this show. I don't, so I don't know. Every single point you bring up about something being confusing is a point that I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, that, that didn't really make any sense, or that was, that was kind of <laughs> weird. And so, like, I'm, like, retroactively hating the show a little bit. <laughs> no, don't. Like, look, I mean, I don't, I, again, I'm going into Fate cold. I don't know what Fate's about. I don't know what the tropes of Fate are. So... And I feel like I'm. I feel like that makes me not their audience. I feel like mm-hmm. not knowing the tropes, not knowing what they meant when they said, um, "What was it?" Noble Phantasm. I figured, having watched like 
you know, a little bit of bleach or whatever, that that was like, oh, okay, so it's a special <laughs> weapon thing, right? Yeah. But right. I didn't, I, I, I couldn't really, I, I, it took me a second to think of that. And I just feel like I'm really outside of what they're going for as a person who hasn't seen Fate before. I think this is, if you're going to watch Fate, this is probably not where you want to start. I don't know. I think Sequels and spinoffs are just really hard because you gotta, you're trying to make things new enough for your existing audience that they're interested and I feel like their time's being wasted with lots of setup at the same time you want newcomers to be able to get into it um and I felt like for the most part like they did a decent job of kind of getting you eased into it but um I wouldn't say it was a good job of having new people coming into this with no context uh letting them know what this is supposed to be about what's going on and all the exposition especially it's like they're kind of telling you what you need to know and yet not because they're using so many terms and sort of assuming like, oh, yes, you know what the grail is and all this different stuff. Um, aside from just the MacGuffin we're all fighting over. Yeah, right. uh, I, 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 I didn't think that this was billed, though, when I was reading the description and stuff. I didn't see it as being a sequel, though. I saw it as being an Iron-Blooded Orphans style alternate universe telling of a, of a different mm. story. Like the, I Right. Mean, yeah. It is. So I don't... Um, mm. I, and I hadn't really considered, like, I followed it pretty well. Like, not all the things you're confused about, I totally understood. Like, I was not confused by this at all. Um, and so I guess that just has to do with having previous ex- experience in the, the Fate franchise. Um, so I think it is its own standalone. Uh, well, I, I know it's its own standalone story. It has no relation to the previous yeah. story. Um, right. But I, I guess what it sounds like is that they haven't done a good enough job explaining how the universe works to to people who are new to the series. Well, that's yeah. the thing is that's that's the reason that I wanted to go into this cold and not watch any Fate before, even though everyone's like, watch Fate, watch Fate. I'm like, no, because we're going to be doing this. I wanted to see if this would be approachable for someone because that's a big thing. Honestly, that's a big thing in Gundam is which Gundam do I watch to get into Gundam? And... That's, I mean, of course, Gundam is like super, you know, mainstream and all this other shit, but it's got <laughs> really confusing alternate universe stories and all this other stuff that goes on. And so which Gundam do I watch to get into Gundam is a big is a big question. I wanted to see if this would be one that was like a cool entry to the Fate universe. And I think the answer is no for me. Because, mm-hmm. again, all the stuff I'm confused about, everyone who's had experience with Fate seems to have understood. So... I'm, I'm going to well, definitely say don't start here. I, I found it interesting, but I was I knew that I was outside of who they were talking to the whole time. And when I started watching it as well, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I just knew that it was like possibly Battle Royale, looking for the Holy Grail, uh, Saber's really hot, and then that was like all that I knew. That, that's uh, all I know is stuff that Ryan has told me about fate. And, and so I, I said, I'm not even into the action genre, so my perspective is going to be that of someone who doesn't really like plain action anime. And that's that's why I was really light on it, um, because all of these things, like the show is not super interesting to me. The The plot was interesting. The characters mm-hmm. were kind of interesting. There just wasn't any introduction for them. But I, I think I would recommend it to someone if they said, I really like action anime. But if we've learned anything from the reviews on Altair, Record of Battles, and Vatican Miracle Examiner, like, I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> Action anime is so boring to me. There is nothing there for me. So I, I, 
I think it might be an okay entrance. I would still start with something that's UFO table because it's UFO table and it's going to look great yeah. and probably be written a lot better. But well, That's what I was looking for was make me care. And I didn't see anything yeah. that as a person who doesn't know what a lot of this stuff is or means, I didn't see a lot of stuff that made me care. And that's and again, I probably would care if I knew anything about this world. Yeah. If they had done like a one piece style, like two minute intro of like, and this is the world with the battle over the, the Holy Grail and that's what these I was thinking two teams are going to search yes. and then the theme song starts and you're all hyped like that. I would maybe more into that, but still probably That's what I'm thinking. Like, exactly. Take that time that you spent on that opening battle sequence and give me a backgrounder to this world. And write something real and put the battle sequence where it fucking should be in, like, episode four. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it as someone with experience and who is already invested in the Fate universe, so... Which is fine. In I the mean, latter that's half... Some... Yeah. I'm sorry, continue. I was gonna say, in the latter half, it started to interest me a little bit more, and then, like, right at the end where it's like, oh, hey, it's the heir to Arthur, and it's like, okay, so I know this character, but again, this is someone who's not seen all of, but seen a good bit of Fate Zero... It's like, okay, so it's her daughter. That's cool. Like, this is a character that I might be able to connect with because there's that common thread across the series. Right. Um, but beyond that, yeah, the first half was very slow. And the, I think the thing that's always kind of struck me about Fate is if you're not, like, paying really close attention, you kind of feel like you're being sort of just, like, floated along through it yeah. and then kind of having to think back, okay, so why, are, mm-hmm. why is this going on? Who is that? Why is what? Um, yeah. So you have to, like, really be either very engaged or... Um, to sort of sit back and enjoy the pretty. Yeah, I I had several opportunities to watch the Fate series at Anime Night, and I think I saw a couple episodes, I guess. But the the layout, when you have five or more people sitting down in the same room and watching anime, is that people are going to talk. And Mm -hmm. the second someone says a word, typically with me in anime, is if someone's talking to me, I'm not reading. Um, But Mm -hmm. even worse, when there are two conversations going on, and then I'm trying to figure out what what who any of these people are what they're doing what the point like you have to be so engaged that i I didn't watch the fate series with a bunch of other people i would only watch it by myself yeah i would agree with that this seems to be as far as like again i I mean to liken it to like the reason that i wanted to go in cold and compare to uh, this is more mobile suit gundam unicorn re less mobile suit gundam iron blooded orphans like Iron-Blooded Orphans, you can go in cold, and you can kind of get to understand what a Gundam is, and sort of the, the world that it's in. And yeah, because Gundam has a lot of standalone series, whereas this one seems to have at least a little bit of a dependency on Exactly, that's that's how Unicorn Re is. Unicorn Re kind of requires an understanding of the original Gundam series, and maybe a little bit of some of the other OVAs that came out of that, but... Um, Unicorn Re, you can't really watch and know what's going on. So it's like MS Team and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it, it seems... Which is fine. I, I don't knock the show for being of the world in which it takes place. Like, that's fine. Right. But I wouldn't call it, like, a starting point for me as someone who would want to follow this story. Yeah. I know, Jake, you're not, like, an action anime guy. So it's you can see it from a more objective point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the, the way that I saw it. Uh, in chat, Kevin Smith says, Jesus is a baby killer. In other news, um, if you want... Kevin Smith is listening to our show? If you want a completely standalone... <laughs> um, 
<laughs> if you want to completely yeah. stay you know what kevin smith you're entry right entry into the fate franchise uh check out Khaled liner um hell yeah also dean don't dean would hate everything about that show Khaled <laughs> <laughs> liner season the half of season one hell yeah and then pretty much never again after yeah that. the the half where they show panty shots of an 11 year old yeah, man. That's the- They're not real people. That's what you have to focus on. They're not <laughs> actual people. They're just lines on a sheet, man. They're not real children. Look, that's a fine no. argument, and it's, a cool, it's fine as an argument. I'm also not going to dig that genre. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, the other thing, um, uh, when Chris was talking about threads into Fate Zero, uh, it's really interesting that Jean d'Arc is in this one because in fate zero um bluebird has this kind of obsessive relationship with saber because he thinks she's jean d'arc um which would explain why we thought that they were the same character maybe yeah. <laughs> uh blue beard you mean right yeah what did i say bluebird oh same thing he's, I, he's a little bit more hardcore than just a bluebird uh, <laughs> i just kind of figured that was crazy. a character i didn't know about so i was like yeah whatever um bluebird yeah so i'll probably keep following this show i i probably won't man it's just not my thing i'd give it a couple more just to see if it keeps me engaged but i also feel like i need to catch up on more other fate before i try to really dig into this one yeah i i think i'll go back and watch the ufo table stuff before i get into this and if the ufo table stuff pulls me into the world then i'll certainly go back and watch this yeah i just have a feeling that the momentum that the show built up and the hype was almost enough to keep me going on, but not. Um, and I don't think it's going to get any more hype than this personally. So I'm, um, I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't want to be disappointed. I definitely don't think this is going to be as good as other entries into the series. It, it seems like, I mean, I think there's an interesting thing happening where, you know, our red guys who we're supposed to be rooting for, even though I'm not sure why, our red guys are outmatched and outnumbered. You know, they've got. They're, oh, they're that was another thing I wanted to say. They're actually not. Um, that was yeah. that was. Well, uh, Jesus, fuck! What the hell's going on? <laughs> they, I, they, they set I, up that some of the <laughs> other um, the other masters were throughout the world, whereas this other organization seems to be more centralized, and so they're all summoning at once because they're like an army and they're in their headquarters. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's going to be seven on seven. Yeah, it's going to be seven on seven. There are seven servants on each side. I, I meant to address this since you brought it up, and then I completely spaced. Uh, yeah, there are there are seven servants on the red side, but they're more like. Um, the mage community is bringing in its seven best members who are going to have to like work together. Whereas whatever family the black team is, is like, we have everyone here because we're this central power okay. and we're trying to, well, to make this power we, play. That's why we brought our necromancer in and we're telling him the story, which serves as the exposition for the viewer. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Also, I don't know, man. This I just need to go back and get more familiar with Fate, because this is... I don't know what's going on in the show. <laughs> so, Ryan, what would you say is the best place to start with Fate for anyone out there who's yes, thinking about it? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's one of the things that I wanted to know, because this doesn't seem to be, at least not in my judgment, a good place to start. Where do we start? Um, honestly, I would say Fate Zero. Uh, and I'm curious to get Chris's opinion on, on this, because that's where I started him off. Um, fate. That's all I've seen, so I can't really say. Do you think? 
Did it introduce you to the series well enough? I think it did a much better job than Apocrypha. Okay. Um, like it, within a couple of episodes, even if I wasn't, even if I was a little bit fuzzy on kind of what was going on, um, I understood it well enough that like I was kind of giving uh, Jake when we were watching it kind of like a few little briefings here and there and like okay, here's what you need to know about this, here's what you need to know about this. And to be fair, I was saying the whole time, I'm pretty sure this is how it works. <laughs> I'm not certain because it is anime night and we're all very distracted. But uh, no, I felt like Zero does a pretty good job of getting you into it. So, like, w- read the Wikipedia for Stay Night and watch Zero? Um, no, because Zero's the prequel. So, I mean, that gives you the, the starting place, which is why I recommend it. Um, oh, Fate okay. Zero is also where I started, so it'll it'll get you going. Um just never start from the visual novel. That is a really, really sad path that you don't want to take. Yeah, also, it is, like, it is old. it's it going to be 100 balls. more hours than watching the series. <laughs> and the series is, like, 100 <laughs> hours. <laughs> this, it, yeah. yeah. Um, no. Um, but, um, but, um, you should theoretically be able to start with Fate Stay Night or Unlimited Blade Work. Well, I don't know about Unlimited Blade Works. You should be able to. Like a bad works, it seems like a it seems like a stay night continuation by by how it's been described. I don't know. It's it's not. Um, it's almost the exact same stories except the girl that Shiro romances is different. That's the difference between Stay Night and Unlimited Blade Works. Um, hmm. As is you know because it's different roots of a visual novel, um, and that's yeah. how those work. So well, you like should, said, should theoretically be able should. to start with those, but, I mean, Zero sets up everything, so you're going to lose some of the mystery going into Stay Night if you watch Zero first, but honestly, I think it's worth it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the case with, I mean, a lot of stuff that has alternate universe series and stuff like that, where you, I mean, a lot of media that has that kind of trope in it, you have to sort of dig your way through and decide where to start. And like I said, I don't fault this for not being, at least in my view, a good starting place. I, it's it's an alternate universe yeah. telling it in a world that previously exists. Maybe I need background in something else. And that's how, frankly, that's how, again, a lot of the Mobile Suit Gundam stuff is like that. Um, a lot of comics is like that. So I don't fault it. It just didn't pull me in because I don't know what's happening. And you have something to say, Jake? Yeah. <sighs> I was I was trying to think like of any action anime that would go over that a little bit better of being continue like a reimagining of the series or moving the series forward but actually like making you care about what's going on and helping you understand what's going on but I the am only thing that comes <laughs> the only thing that I've seen a little bit of that came to mind was the the new Naruto series uh, Boruto or I can't remember Yeah, the title. Boruto. 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 Naruto. I've seen that on Crunchyroll. But it's like it's the exact same style of uh, of re- regenerating story, I guess, or whatever mm-hmm. the f- phrase would be. Of, but it, it's like, hey, there's this Naruto like kid, and he's doing Naruto like things. <laughs> but but the but they still go through exposition of like what the hell is Naruto because that world is also really confusing and involves a lot of stuff that people don't know a whole lot about but usually it's not important yeah like like you don't really know what spells and signs are but it's like who who cares google it if, if it's that big of a deal but he unleashed a magical attack it doesn't matter yeah 
And I feel like this didn't this didn't do any of that. Everything seemed to be really plot centric, and it, like I, I'm not going to Google the backstory to an entire first episode of an anime that I don't think I'm even going to like. With that, knights and magic. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus, holy God, the fucking grammar. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I mean, you know, you knew this was going to be bad when you saw the title. You knew it was going to be bad if you read the synopsis, uh, and um, it didn't disappoint. <laughs> I, I thought so this is that hard on it, actually. <laughs> Me, this is the one where the programmer dies and gets reincarnated as a kid in this yeah. fantasy world, right? Yes. Yeah, it's one of one of the ones where that happens. Yeah, one of the ones who does that. <laughs> I, I I thought it wasn't. I the one for it wasn't, this week. Like terrible. I um, thought it was. Thought it was okay. It was, it's Isekai and Ryan. Personally, I'm gonna make a jab at you. I think you're really burned out on Isekai, so you may be a little hard on it. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, no, you are not wrong. <laughs> but so, like, I'm a big fan of Isekai. I, I like. I like how cheaply they're able to fabricate a story that way. I'm kind of tired of it too. And I thought that this was this was okay. I don't it, know. it wasn't a great production of Isekai, but it was not it wasn't anything like week one, so I just wanna I, I, be slightly pedantic. Um <laughs> I am not sure that this is an Isekai. The actual definition for Isekai is a little weird. I'm not going to explain it here. We can continue calling this an isekai. I do just want to throw that out there in case anyone ever listens to this and is like, that's not an isekai. It's like, it, it, I understand that it may not no, be. It, um, it's not an isekai. Jake is just an, a moron. So, <laughs> the, I'll admit. It's not an isekai. Jake is just a baka. So it's a, isekai is one of those genres that no one's entirely sure how to define it. Um, <laughs> It's like it's like progressive music. You're just like it's uh it's weird. Um if you want to know what Isekai is, Pause and Select has a really great four-part series on I forget the title of it. Pause and Select Evangelion. Uh Understanding Disaster. Um it's a I think it's a four-part series. But uh, that's uh, yeah. Understanding disaster. Go go watch all of that. And at the very end, he kind of explains um, the isekai genre and the entire journey is like wh- what it came from. Um, so who wants to lead off? Uh, you want me to to take it since I hated this? Sure, sure. <laughs> go for it. Uh, yeah, it was just bad. Uh, the first thing I noticed <laughs> is that um, like. That's not how programming works. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered how long it was going to take for us to get there, and it was right off uh, the bat. Okay. I, I want to say that as someone who gets paid a considerable sum of money to program for a Fortune 10 company, that's not how fucking programming works. Um, Is Ryan's voice messed up? up right I, uh, I am. I don't know how, yeah. how I can fix that. Um, Am I still breaking up? Is it better? Yeah, it's like uh, it's no, like robot. Still. Yeah, I don't have voice meter installed, so it's not voice meter. Uh, bandwidth crunch. That. It's probably a bandwidth crunch. That, Drop and rejoin like. the chat, maybe. I shall do that. All right. Uh, someone else start off then. Nope, you're clear. You're clear now. Um, 
You're good. Okay, cool. All right. Glad, <laughs> glad that worked out. Way to go, dude. You fixed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not how programming works. Uh, I will say it was interesting how he was able to kind of um, uh, create new spells with his understanding of programming. That was kind of cool. I liked how when he's reincarnated in this world because he died, he actually reincarnated as a fucking baby. Like he was born again and he had to like yeah. grow up and his mind had to mature before he kind of started remembering things. Like he wasn't just like, oh, I'm a baby and I'm a genius. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh, the- well, that's what I came out of the vagina saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Dean is the real life boss baby movie. <laughs> Deep cut. Um, except for the part where it's not. <laughs> Is it deep or did just nobody see it? Nobody saw it. That's uh, that's that's the deep part of of the cut. Internal cut. Dude, I didn't see that movie. No. I, I yeah about about Knights and Magic though. I. I I didn't really understand any of the programmer stuff. That stuff just kind of went over my head. I mean, um, they didn't really go I've into never enough, done it. enough depth that it mattered. I've never done it, but just looking at it, looking at the way the screen looked, I was like, somebody watched Hackers in 1993 and thinks they know what programming is. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> yeah. he just types at, like, normal typing speeds, like, or not even normal, like, fast typing speeds, like, 160 words a minute or faster, except he's putting down fucking code, which requires... He's just that much of a genius, man. I, I think you're just jealous. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're just not a programmer. <laughs> okay, maybe that's true. Ryan, Ryan, I have a question. Yeah. Um, what did it look like? Okay, the, the actual visualization of the programming when it's, like... They did, I'm pretty sure they did a vertical, um, or a portrait monitor, which is fine. Um, Actually, that's not a horrible idea for programming. You need more vertical real estate than horizontal. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I see a lot of, I see a lot of people who, who do that with vertical monitors, which is cool. Um, but what's the, what did it look, did you, do you remember the, I, I keep forgetting how to ask this question. Do you remember the visual representation of the actual code on screen it looks like code honestly uh i mean it was okay cool see that was my question it looked like uncommented code which uh <laughs> is not uncommon whoever you hand it off to is gonna hate you but uh, yeah i was like even i know that's a that's a dick move but i mean the they're under a time crunch and when you're in a time crunch like that you care less about comments and future sustainability and more about just shipping the fucking thing just um, get it out. Yeah. Uh, I really, really thought the art was bad. That sentence was going in a different direction. So oh. <laughs> it kind of changed halfway through. Um, like these guys are supposed to be elementary schoolers, but the art style makes them look like middle, late middle to early high schoolers. So they just look like fucking high schoolers in dresses, which like I get it's supposed to be the elementary school uniform. Like that's a a common thing. Like all elementary schoolers wear dresses in Japan, I guess. Um, The three anime I've seen about elementary schoolers confirm that. (laughs) But uh, it just looked... Oh, the lolly confirms that. It just looked wonky. Um, 
the aesthetic was weird. It, it was it was a strange. It had a strange look. I, I mean, and and this is a uh, eight bit, right? Eight bit studios that made this. I don't recall. I think so. I I think it's eight bit. Um, and they're not a really big animation studio. Like I think the biggest show they they did was like Grisaya no Kajutsu, and uh, rewrite for people that care about key, which you shouldn't, even though I do. Yes, it's eight bit. But so like, um, eight eight bit doesn't really make pretty anime. I think oh, they're a pretty low budget. Dear studio. God, they made Infinite Stratos. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> that show was so bad. Sold so, a million copies of the Blu-ray, and it is garbage. <laughs> oh, they it's made those um, that hit in the West. Walkure Romanze too. I have a question about this show. Um. What did we think of the time skips? No, they didn't bug me. See, I, I wasn't... It's the kind of thing that should have bothered me, but didn't. Yeah, it kind of jumped around in a weird way, but since Isek... It was always... <clears throat> Quote-unquote Isekai is enough of a common trope now, I, I feel like it was more understood, just as like, ah, yeah, he's growing up or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was like... A different and... It didn't feel confusing to me. Like, the time skips were always forward. There was never, like, back and forth. Um, always forward, always introduced. Um, they introduced them differently. They did one that was introduced in VO. They said, like, uh, that three years went by so fast, and then we get an older version of our main character. And then they did one that was three years later on the screen, and which I thought was weird. Why would you do it differently? But whatever. Um... We skipped a total of six years, though, and for a pilot, that seems like maybe find a better place to start. I don't know. <laughs> if we have I to thought, skip a total of six years. I thought it worked out okay, because it started off at kind of an important part. It started off at the part, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, four or five or something would be my guess. And, mm -hmm. like, he sees the robot, and that's about the time that he remembers his previous life. And he remembers his love for robots, which they've established. And so it sets up his motivation. I want to pilot a robot. Like, it's been my dream for an entire fucking previous life. Um, it's like, all right. So then we skip forward three years, and we get introduced to his friends, which isn't terribly important. But we get introduced to the fact that he's actually training. Like, he's putting in a lot yes. of time and effort to this. So then when we skip forward again and get to the school scene and he's a genius, it actually is justified. We feel like he earned it yeah. as opposed to just like, it makes sense. We know that we know that the past six years since they got to the city, we know the past six years and change has been spent with this person studying their ass off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like my, my thought on it is how can you spend max like 22 minutes if, if you like cut out the intro, I guess, like talking about someone, someone in a current life and then dying and then being reborn and then growing up while also setting up episode two to actually not be episode one B. Like, I, I, I think they handled that pretty well because, again, it just takes a lot of time to discuss someone's entire life and motivation for doing what they're doing. I guess that's why we were all fine with the with the uh, flash forwards and stuff because it was like I think it's whatever. cool to have too. I agree, and I, I I think it's cool to have MC. This is just something that I thought was interesting. I thought it was cool to have MC be a gunpla otaku instead of like your average 
you know. He's just an everyday guy, just like you, the audience, who got dropped into another world. But well, he's also super special now because you're super special. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the, I thought it was cool that they didn't just make him like just a neat. Yeah, we've got like something they, more to go they, on than he has a cell phone. <laughs> exactly. They made him. They made him a straight up gunpla otaku, which is a thing, and also something I haven't seen in anime before. Mm-hmm. Just people who are who just love building gunpla. Uh, it's not that uncommon. You know, I thought it was cool. There's an entire anime about gunpla, which you probably like actually, if you like Iron Blooded Orphans. But um, I probably that's another. Like that's yeah, something entirely like different. The, it actually was, was surprisingly cool. good. It was surprisingly good. Um, it seemed like a good bit of characterization for what the show is. It also like that sets him up for uh, he wants to build his own his own robot or whatever, and so that gives him some of the you know knowledge that he's going to need. So when he actually does build his own, and it's way better than anything the government has made. Like we have some context for that. The the thing I yes. really didn't like about it is that it was just fucking boring and generic like they get into a fight scene and for whatever reason the teacher's like yeah you can go save the people who were two years older <laughs> yeah. than you that's fine or <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they and didn't it, uh, they didn't even show like them arguing over i should go and save these people they're just like hey i got a question and then all of a sudden poof they're at the front of the scene like murdering everybody even though they're weaker than the other people that are all dead I, I thought that was kind of like Attack on Titan esque, but in a really poor way. Yeah, it's really it's like uh, he just shows up and and saves the day and good. I don't know. There was nothing new or interesting about this show. I didn't care about any of the characters. The friends feel pretty flat and boring. They do. Yeah. Who wants to take bets on how many episodes until the student who's not? The head high school student, but like the secondary high school student, gets really mad at MC for being so good. Mm, I'm going with episode two. I was going to give it two episodes, (laughs) so episode three. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to continue watching it, so the mystery is forever lost. But I'm going to give it a couple. Yeah, I can. I can understand being into this if you're not as burned out and jaded with alternate world fantasies as I am. It wasn't... It's just like a middling, kind of mediocre show. Yeah, I think... Uh, It's also, that doesn't bother me so much because I read comics, and comics are all alternate world fantasy. It just Mm -hmm. is uh, in that context the whole time, and nobody gets transported. Like, that's... So, for some reason, these don't bother me very much. As a consumer, my bottom line is... um, is this worth my time? And I feel like a lot of people that would be watching would be thinking the same thing. And if you haven't been really formally introduced to this kind of genre, um, this would be worth your time because it is interesting. It's an interesting plot line. But personally, there are seven, eight, nine different anime uh, that have already aired that I've already seen and like that I would rather watch again because they were presented a lot better and they were more cohesive. Then I then I would want to right, let me start that over. I would rather watch those than this because th- this is just mediocre. It's I, it's I, like I, a yeah. six and a half out of ten at best for me. I'm actually going to retract watch my statement. I don't think it's even mediocre. I think that's being a little lenient on it because like the characters are just fucking boring. There's not going to be any char- interesting character interactions in the entire thing, like. As he grows older, girls are going to start falling all over him 
because he's good at everything and he's going to build his giant oh. robot and save the day. There's not going to be any, st- there are no stakes. The show has no stakes. And it, yeah. it started building up at the end of the episode. Oh, there's a big bad coming and it's killed some guys. And, and that's, you know, the, the stakes for him would be if like his dream was to be a mech pilot and he was really good at a bunch of stuff, but then for whatever reason he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The risk of him not being able to be a pilot are the stakes, and he's getting it way too easily. Well, yeah, like Tanya, or at least that's the way it seems to be going. Like last season's anime, uh, Tanya the Evil Saga of Tanya the, the Evil. Yeah, Sa- Saga of Tanya the Evil was uh, pretty similar. It was like it was just alternate reality, but set in a world timeline where they're flying yeah, around. Yeah, MC and- is a, a businessman who dies, gets reincarnated as a girl with a lot of magic powers uh continue thank you because <laughs> i would not have been able to be concise at all but th- the point of that like his motivation is that he's saying fuck god for doing this to me and putting me back into this world because i said that he didn't exist when i died and so the entire show is going to be pers- and, and that anime wasn't even super amazing in my opinion, but the entire show was driving that home of like, I'm doing this for revenge for myself. And so it felt like there was a reason for him to do that instead of just like, I'm born into this world. I'm going to make a mech. And if I die, so what? Saga of Tanya the evil also had interesting character interactions. Like this is a a cold. It also didn't look like garbage. Cold hearted Japanese businessman who gets reincarnated as this girl in what is effectively world war one Germany. And just like absolutely embraces the like cold hearted nationalism of it. Um, And the show has some, some things to say about that. But, and so it's just like his interactions as he rises through the ranks with different people in the military, the strategists, the commanders, Mm -hmm. his squad, when he eventually, or her squad, whatever, when she eventually gets a squad. um, And just like how, how cold she can be. And, you know, um, like being selfish, be looking out only for herself. Um, there was some interesting shit there. This is just like, oh, MC is training some people, except we're not going to see it. Oh, they're best friends. <laughs> oh, there's a dwarf who's getting bullied. He's going to throw the dwarf at the bullies. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> that character totally slipped my mind. <laughs> because he's just that's not the, interested. That's the point, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, I was but, done. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's my the rant. point. Nobody cares. I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care about anything that happens in this show. I need to watch Tanya the Evil. By yeah, the you way, do. Yeah, hey, that's, that, it's one. I, I thought it was a uh, just based on the art on the cover. I actually thought it was a um, spinoff of Girls in Panzer. No, no, because that character looks a little bit like whatever character in Girls in Panzer looks like her. No, it has uh, nothing to do with that series. Yeah, I know, but that's that's what I originally thought it was. I need to watch it. It sounds amazing. It is. I I really liked yeah. liked it. I I at least really liked the first eight episodes, but again, it started turning into more of an action anime. So I was like, eh. but but back on onto this one. Um, this didn't even have eight episodes of enjoyment for me. It didn't have like. I had like half of one. Like I, I did enjoy seeing him, like shoot the cool gun. I guess, <laughs> like that. That was. I'm a, that was I'm, it. a I'm a very middling. Give it a couple on this one. I dropped, dropped it. I'm it's, dropping that. Nope. So hard. 
Yeah, I think I'm dropping too, and it's interesting because this is one of, one of a couple, and we'll talk about the other one here in a little bit, where I enjoyed watching it well enough, and I thought it was kind of cool, but definitely didn't care enough to want to keep going. So, Magical Circle Goodoo Goodoo. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, real quick, can we take a quick break? Yeah, I need to get it. some water. Life hack. If you look at the word eighth for enough seconds, it looks like a total bullshit word. Oh shit, you're right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm sitting here staring at the word. It's it's no, it's no good. It's bad. And a word like that is why English is such a difficult language to learn. Indeed. It looks like Nippon has made a lot of like Nippon. Is this really Studio Japan? Hang on. Because the original was uh, was Studio Japan. Yeah. This this one's but, by Production IG. Yeah. Because the okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Because this that show came sense. out in '96, I think, originally, and this is a retelling of the 1996 anime. If I'm right, I think that makes sense. With that, we're back. Hey. <laughs> that's uh, actually a pretty good place to jump back in. Um, Dean, you you asked me a question during the break. Do you want to go ahead and and ask that? Because I, I actually think it's a good yeah, question. Um, my original thought, and I, since this is from Production IG, I, there were several Easter eggs that I caught. I had just forgotten it was Production IG. Um, no, they, uh, this this came off to me like a kid's show, and mm-hmm. I've said that about anime before. <coughs> Made an abyss. Uh, on this. <laughs> <laughs> and been very wrong, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so you, you and I were I'm both wrong. Sure. We were all wrong about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what I'm supposed uh, to be looking yeah, at. Yeah, no, this is not really a show for kids. Like, uh, it'd probably be fine for can, kids to watch it. There's nothing about it that I would can say. Can I add a little insight? Go, on that? go, go, please, because I have none. <laughs> <laughs> please, please take it. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of early 2000s and late 90s anime in general. Um, I, I like watching this kind of show. Um, it's got a very familiar theme to it. Um, and so it's, it's very clearly meant to be like the, uh, 90s comedy anime scene. Uh, every, all the jokes are written in roughly the same way. It's all a lot of wordplay humor. Um, so I feel like it is a kid's show, but it's a kid's show from a long time ago. And I feel like just like in America, um, they were probably written a little bit better back then. It makes sense that this was based on a thing that was made a while back because the entire time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, why does this look so much like Dragon Ball? And it's because the original looks like Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the entire the entire art thing. Like, I, I, I'm i going to spoil it. I really liked this show. I, I, I'm not saying it's my favorite of the season, but I, I liked it a whole lot. Um, because it did feel like that whole like Dragon Ball animation style with the chibi and like I, I don't know I, I I'm just I'm just so in love with the show because of the girl and how adorable she is she's so adorable I can't get over it and and I want to love her forever as my daughter legally no <laughs> nothing <laughs> let's just let's just let's not make it weird yeah, hey. okay because she, she looks actually like a child. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about this. It was well put together. Uh, I just didn't find it interesting. 
The characters were all really cute. The animation was fantastic. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and I had seen Pedantic Romantics analysis of this before I went in, so I knew some things to look for. But, like, there is, there are constantly things moving on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, that's, and I think that kind of harkens back to its roots of, like, old-ass anime is just really intricately written, I think, because it took a lot longer to make those kinds of shows. Because uh, a lot of it back then was either hand drawn. It was all hand drawn back then. That. I think it wasn't until the mid two thousands that they started doing uh, computer drawn graphics, even before generated. Yeah. Just um, and so, this, uh, I, did did anybody have a problem with the Game Boy RPG vignettes? Yes, I, I I didn't like that so much. I didn't like them. Either. They, I, I kind of. I wasn't opposed to them doing it. I think the issue was that with the subtitles, it was going very quickly, oh, where if we could God, read Japanese, right? <laughs> it would have been fine. But there was just so much clutter on the screen, it was really hard to follow that. So, yeah. 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 I can um, I can sight read pretty quickly. Like, it, it can... It, it doesn't take me very long to read, especially a little blurb like that. And that was mm-hmm. like... It, it was too fast. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't keep up. I, I was only able to keep up because of, of the visual novels that I play, because they do the same thing. They have... They have more words to fill a small screen with, so they do it quickly. But, like, that was really fast. Um, and, and, and again, that, that's kind of the theme of 90s anime, but... Jeez. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was really <laughs> quick cuts. It was... It, it, you're right. I mean, it was really quickly cut. Everything... If a character's moving, they're doing snappy movements. There's not very much... Uh, you know, unlike some of the anime we've seen this season, there's not a whole lot of fluidity. It's all very snappy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it. And that's a fine style. I didn't like it personally. It's like the Mad Max Fury Road cut of this anime. The, uh, the animation was yeah. the thing I liked about this show the most. I thought the animation was really good. Um, I really liked the scene, and this was another thing that I had kind of been warned to watch for from that pedantic romantic video. Um when they're in the witch's hut and she starts monologuing and they start making googly eyes at each other, that was pretty cute. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cutesy stuff in this show. And I don't mean cutesy to be, like... Derogatory? Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, that's that's very much the style of the show. It's a really cute, you know, cutesy show. I, yeah. I, the this show just didn't hook me. I, I didn't care. It had some interesting things. Um, Same. I didn't find the the jokes funny either. Like, so that's, that's really all I have to say about it. That would do it. I found a few of the jokes funny. I found a few of the visual gags kind of funny. Um, and I actually there were there were parts like I I always have mixed feelings about when you try to get too meta with like oh yeah we're making anime that's actually a game. Um, I think they did it pretty well, especially given that it's kind of a throwback. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. Like, it didn't really hook me that much and i felt like too much of it was just hyperactive um too much of the comedy was kind of relying on like just, constantly. Yeah, yeah. and it was super it drives me a little bit insane after a while and like you know trigger does it sometimes but they do it in bursts and i find it funnier than the way this did it well, so because when trigger um, does it i don't know it's it's a completely diff uh, like it's a shift from their normal storytelling style and that's why right. it's really funny it's also very because then they just have it's clip very art clearly animation. self-aware yeah 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 totally. I, this, I, this was uh-huh. i, I want to point out one thing just real quick production ig made this production ig also made ghost in the shell uh-huh. and um i the the ghost in the shell um standalone complex is theirs 
And so they, when she does, there's a part, there's a part in the show where she makes some random glyphs because when she gets nervous, she doesn't know how to do her magic anymore. So she just makes glyphs. It's, Um, it's so cute. One of the glyphs, one of the glyphs that she made was the Laughing Man logo from that arc of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Um, hmm. And I thought that I thought was, I recognized one of those. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. It was when when she like that glyph just kind of shows up. She's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't make the right glyph," and they showed all the glyphs that she tried to make, and the Laughing Man logo was one of them. So I was like, "Okay, so there's thought put into this show." Which it's weird that it took that for me to realize that the show <laughs> had thought put into it, <laughs> but that's what it took. <laughs> I mean. And I'm probably just super biased on this then because I'm really ADD when it comes to entertainment. Um, I, I really like to be quickly engaged all the time. And that's why I like Hayate the Combat Butler and other shows. Um, that was a really shitty example. <laughs> but where, where, where it's just like constant gag humor. I think, I think it's totally acceptable. It's just a much different... Um, entertainment level, I guess it's more lowbrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily. I, I mean, I thought the jokes Square, were clever. SpongeBob SquarePants has SpongeBob SquarePants has been making that work for decades. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not necessarily any lesser form of art. It just. I mean, if you like it, you like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that show. I mean. <laughs> we went through that one pretty quick. It's a good so so index. What do we think? It. I, it's a good show. I just yeah, don't I'm care. A, I'm, a, I'm a solid drop on that as well. I'm gonna keep watching it yeah. because main character is fucking adorable, and that's literally the only reason why. I don't care. Actually, main character is in the little girl. The guy is also like kind of adorable, but who cares? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I was this show at the beginning. Once we got through that Game Boy shit, I was actually a little interested in like the parents trying to get this guy to go off and be a hero, and they put him in a slingshot, yeah. and throw him across the, the village. I was like, that, that to me was entertaining and cool, and yeah. then it seems like the show just kind of, st- the episode just kind of started to run out of steam, hmm. is how it seemed to me, so that's probably why I ended up not as interested in it, but because the, the beginning of it did seem quirky and cool, and then it just sort of petered out. Well, and that's why I think that the uh, that particular comedy style petered out more in the 90s because it's <laughs> a lot harder to keep your momentum and keep jokes being like Nietzsche Joe funny and like yeah. it's 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 not easy um i'm not i'm not saying this show gets a pass for that because it's still a bad quality uh and i do agree with you i i, I just feel I like i kind of expected it this seemed to me like it was very uh Again, I, I really think this is a kid's show. I'm probably wrong, again. No, I, I think it's a kid's show. It, it seemed that way to me. I don't know. I, and I, I actually enjoyed Dragon Ball back in the day, so it's I'm not totally unfamiliar with this. It's just my first time going back to it since Dragon Ball. So it, it was it was a little weird. It was probably I, just I written for me because I loved, <laughs> I loved the Dragon Quest series. I like cute things. Um, I like I like gag humor. It was definitely my kind of show, and I guess it's Jake just not for everyone. Is, Jake is secondary female character who always goes kawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a drop for me too. Um, I, I really think it was a solid show. Um, I think that they did a lot of stuff really well. It just wasn't for me, and so I'm dropping it. But 
Um, not not because it was bad. Yeah. Just just wasn't interesting. And that, I think that's never a bad thing. Like, yeah. Last one. Restaurant to another world. <gasps> Ryan, you liked this one. Right? I I did. I really liked this show. Am I the only one? I I liked it. Okay. I, I, I dug I, it. Liked it well enough. Yeah. I didn't love it. Love it. But I I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um. I, I really wish I could find a gif of the uh, of like the snake person and the dragon sipping uh, soup because like that fucking broke me when I watched it yeah. like I lost my mind that was so funny because well the th- the other thing that made you lose your mind too Jake was in the very beginning when they're uh, in the fantasy world and like the one lizard guy turns around there's just long pause and then he just goes like he just like Jake just lost it what like that is not. Like, we had to, we had to pause the episode. Yeah. The, uh... We paused the episode because I was dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I liked this show. I thought it was I thought it was pretty promising. The premise is kind of whatever, but it's entertaining. What can I say? Give me a give me a hentai with dragon lady. Hang on. <laughs> no, no. There wasn't an actual. Reference. I don't care. So I wasn't actually asking for. There that. are going to be all kinds of dragon hentai links in Discord after this. Um, you have no idea. No, not not any dragon lady. That specific dragon lady. Oh, oh. Um, well, it'll take me a little bit longer. Yeah, it's. Like, we're gonna have to really dig through e hentai to find because this is pretty new. Um, I really did think that was unbelievably sexy. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't normally say that about animated stuff. It's just not really my bag. But that was, yeah, good. I, I just realized good, good you were talking about... To another world. I just realized you were talking about hentai w- with the lady a- as a lady, not as a dragon. No. Because <laughs> I was going to look for, like, actual dragon hentai. No, I'm not interested in okay. that at all. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I mean there are plenty of options for both of those. You'd, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, really, this this was a really interesting premise. I really um, like it. I, I it's really just kind of like there's this other fantasy world, and there's also our world, and just occasionally on Saturday, or not occasionally, every Saturday night, apparently the two link in this one specific shop. Um and it's just like, what would happen if you could come eat our food with all our modern technology and understanding of cooking, uh, but you still had like a medieval mindset, basically. Um, exactly. And it wasn't over-explained no. either, which I thought was good. Yeah. Um, more shows need to not over-explain, let you either kind of like make inferences and then let it be like a slow sort of like, oh, now I understand like why this is happening. Because clearly the guy knew what was up it's like oh this must be one from the other side so like it doesn't surprise him anymore it's not like this um this mysterious thing like whoa i'm in another world all of a sudden it's just this is part of his yeah, life he's he's already come to terms with it it's a thing that has been happening for a while and apparently the people on the other side also know mm-hmm. it. like right. that it's it's they know that a door appears at the, you know this time on a saturday night they, they're not it's something they look forward to as like oh we're gonna go get to the get to go to the cool restaurant also can you know like can we just take a minute to appreciate how they're all like hmm the day of saturn appears to come once every seven days like (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that yeah exactly i mean there's there's all kinds of really cool stuff in this show there's i mean 
the characters are interesting. The focus on the food was something that I was like, okay, let's get to some, some, yeah, some and food that's, conversations that aren't about so, food. So uh, I'll go ahead and say, like, I've been keeping up on this show, and that's a pretty common theme. Like, in every episode, they just spend a little too long, like, describing the food. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, is, like, any any show, and what's funny is, like, how much more prevalent they seem to be becoming shows that kind of, like, have this theme of food or revolve around food, at least to some extent. Um, they're always kind of a little bit of, like, a food porn aspect yeah. where, um, like, you, you can't just have the food without talking about the food. Um, it reminds me a little yeah. bit of uh, Food Wars. Um, yeah. If you're talking live action, uh, that like, Netflix Japan has uh, Samurai Gourmet, Midnight Diner. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. very good yeah. shows. Um, and what's funny is that, like, you know, we end up watching all these, and I'm not sure why, because it's not like I'm that into food. I'm not a foodie, but... Um, a lot of these shows that do make food kind of a central um, aspect of the show do a really good job of kind of making it a point from which we revolve or around which we revolve and sort of talk about the context around food, not just the food itself. I I think the key part of a food anime uh, or at least a food show, like we were talking about Samurai or you were talking about Samurai Gourmet and Food Wars is uh, Atmosphere. Um, because like, I also am not a foodie. I could care less about what food is there, whatever. But, um, Samurai Gourmet had this really laid back, uh, atmosphere. It was just kind of like this old dude, he's eating great food. Um, Midnight Diner did the same thing. It's just like this chill diner at night and the food is there and the food is the subject of a lot of stuff, but it can take a back seat because the entire premise is so laid back. And I I feel like this is They do... They do better character development in some of these food shows than other shows that don't have food in them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I almost think that because food is so common, they don't lean on it as a thing that like we're going to make the show about the food. It's just a show that involves food, and what we're really focusing on is the character. And food is also something that we can all connect to. Sorry, go ahead, Dean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a question about the food. Actually, this is supposed to be a Western restaurant. What does that word mean in this context? Because not Japanese, yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, see that makes sense. Just like west of Japan, which is pretty much anywhere. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they mentioned that briefly sort of in the colonialist story. perspective. They were like, "This is a Western Western place," and I'm I I me being a, an American, I was I was expecting fucking hot dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like. Like uh, French cuisine yeah. would be, um, in fact, most uh, most of the time when they talk about Western style restaurants in Japan, yeah. it is like French cuisine or okay. spinoffs. Um, of it's that. also interesting though okay. that like they serve katsu, which is a Japanese food, and teriyaki chicken, which is Japanese. <laughs> um, at the, yeah. But you know, nitpicking at that. No, point. it's from teriyaki Germany. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Dear teriyaki. teriyaki. <laughs> um, I I just really like how they're just kind of like. Yeah, so there's our world, and there's this fantasy world, and they connect, and um, food, also food. And they just, like, don't spend too much yeah. time on it. Like, we get yeah. some interesting story about all the different characters. Uh, one thing this show... Yeah. Th- I would rather they spend more time on the characters than the food, because as this show progresses, mm-hmm. they introduce a lot of characters, and we just kind of know a thing or two about all of them. Um and the most interesting interactions they have are like arguing about what food is the best at this restaurant. Um, I'm already fascinated by the dragon character. And when he picks up the vagrant girl and lets her start working at the place, how the dragon character sort of starts treating her as like starts 
protecting this little vagrant girl mm-hmm. for no reason, like other than she works at the restaurant and the dragon sees the restaurant as like uh, one of her treasures. Yeah, as a treasure. Yeah, and that's the thing that that I thought was very interesting was like you would expect dragon. And you're gonna think, oh, this dragon's gonna turn on the restaurant and burn it to the ground. No, it's she's like, oh no, I fucking love this place, and anyone that works there is under my protection. It's like I thought that was well, a super cool twist at the end of the episode. Yeah, that brings something up for me where I think this show actually does a better job of hitting on like socioeconomic issues than Centaur did <laughs> because right? they were able to they were able to touch on homelessness and on prejudice and all this different yeah. stuff. Um, in a way that was very specific to its world, um, in a way that wasn't like just kind of a thinly veiled metaphor, um, and they were able to do it in a way that, you know, was more was more subtle, more thoughtful, and it makes you start thinking about those issues without sort of like throwing it in your face and saying, "Hey, let's talk about racism." And the characters exist not to be that trope. Like a lot of times when you see any media trying to deal with socioeconomic or sociopolitical issues. They have characters that exist just to be that thing. The only reason this character's homeless is because we needed a homeless character. With this this character in in, in restaurant, she was she's a vagrant for a reason, but also just because that's who she is. Like it's not she's not homeless because we need a homeless person. Anyone from that world could have slotted in. Mm-hmm. It's just that her particular circumstances, her situation made her the person who needed a place to sleep and so she's found in the restaurant. Like that's it, it was done in a in such a way that it doesn't seem forced and it doesn't seem like that's all that character is. Yeah, there was no exposition of like, oh man, it really sucks being homeless. I wish I had. They, they, she does say, I'm so hungry. And then she shows up in the mm-hmm. kitchen. But that's it. There's no like, if only I could have a place to stay. I wonder if in two or three minutes I'm going to have a place to stay. Like, you know. Well, what was interesting. It, it wasn't is... overly, it wasn't overly sappy. Yeah. It wasn't um, like the, the guy helps her and it's. You know, she's like almost like surprised at how generous he is, but it's not like this thing like, oh, why are you being so nice to me? And he explains like, oh, well, you know, I, I believe in giving everyone an equal chance and all this different stuff. It's like, no, he's just like, you know, he, he does kind of like the polite thing of like not making her feel bad by anything. It's like, oh, yeah, it'd be more fun to eat with two people mm-hmm. yeah. when you can tell that like what he's really doing is being super generous and taking under. He's his feeding yeah, someone he that's homeless in- and battered. It's pretty exactly. obvious that he's mm-hmm. feeding someone that's in need. Yeah, but he, does, he, and then he but he doesn't say, like, oh, because you need my help. He doesn't try to be a paragon. Yeah. He's just like, exactly. no, because, because I like I like having company when I eat, so you can eat with me. And then when, when she's got no money, he's like, uh, yeah, why don't you come work for me on a Saturday night? You know, I could use the help. I'll give you ten pieces of silver, and you can be on your way. And she's like, oh, and he's like, I'm not, he's not being, like, idly generous. He's He needs help. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Saturday night, and he's like, come help me out, I'll pay you, good. I also want to say, in later episodes, they do something really interesting and in kind of um, explaining what he does with the money, the currency from the other world, and... Uh, uh, that's a question I have. Yeah, so they actually, just very briefly, like, they just show an interaction between him and someone else, I won't spoil it too much, but, but they explain it. Um, he trades it for Bitcoin, yeah. right? <laughs> he, he sells it to a, uh, a LARPer so they can use it for their um, LARPs. <laughs> they explain that there, uh, there's. Um, oh, they also explain 
And again, it's just kind of in passing. Um, well, this one's a little more spelled out. It's a it's a little awkward, but it's not too bad. Um, how he got the restaurant in the the language for the other, or how he got the menu in the language for the other world. Um, that's something they touch on. Mm-hmm. And well, they showed him putting out new menus, like. Near the beginning of the show, they show him putting out new menus when the clock hits midnight. Yeah. Um, so, like, he's obviously got a system in place for these people who are going to be coming in from this other world. And is it all right if we go back to the character development yeah. a little bit? Because I, yeah, I had sure. some insight on that. I, I really like how the... I, I'm assuming Chef is the main character. Um, it seems that way. But I, I like how he's really cool and collected and kind of stoic even um, mm-hmm. because it lets the the tavern members or the restaurant members be boisterous um, and then he can kind of just kind of talk it all off but it makes the pace of it feel really good because mm-hmm. it's a it's a springboard from which these people are talking to that lets you kind of root yourself in what's going on like this person's normal this is this is an average like this is a cook and he's and he's chill. And he's not absolutely I, I bewildered by everything that's happening. Always, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my right. god. <laughs> it's, that was really refreshing. Actually, you've got this guy who's totally prepared for everything that's about to happen. Uh, they didn't give you any of like this. Like a lizard guy walks through his door and he's like, and they give him big eyes and you know, eh, sweat and whatever. <laughs> 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 It was. I thought it was really good, and you're right when you say stoic. I think stoic is a perfect description, and it's not even stoic in a way that, to continue with the character thing, it's not even stoic in a way that's like, oh, this has this is a main character, so it needs to be this flat, featureless, you know, main mm-hmm. character without a personality. His personality is stoicism. Right. And it's a character trait, not just a blank cat. Exactly. I, I, yeah. Man, the more we talk about this, the more I'm loving this show. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it, and now that we're talking about it, I'm like, this is really actually super it good. Is. I, I really like this show. <laughs> it's one um, that looked interesting to me, so I picked it up when this season first started, and I've just kept going on it. I dig it. I, I, I think the... Uh, I think the world's fascinating, and that's the thing that really pulls me in is fascinating worlds. And it, it's not... We were talking earlier about 18IF, or 18F, however you say it, and that's a show that drops you into a world that's so surreal you need a little bit of a bedrock mm-hmm. to understand it from. This show is not that. This show is more like Mad Max, where this could happen next Wednesday. That's what George Miller says about Mad Max, is Mad Max happens next Wednesday. Mm. And that's and it makes sense. Like this, this is the kind of thing that could happen next Wednesday. It, it makes sense. It, it, it's grounded in a kind of reality from which they can then sort of add all of this weirdness on top of. It's not just weird from the word go. And, and it's not even. It's not I, even I, that he's like. This is already happening. It's not even happening next Wednesday. <laughs> They're just like, yep, this happens in my diner, and you're like, okay. What I actually wouldn't be surprised if this was inspired by Midnight Diner to some extent, I, because that was a manga before it was a Netflix mm-hmm. show. Um, and that one has kind of very similar structure of um, it's stories about the people, like each episode is a different short story about people, regular patrons at this restaurant, sometimes they're passing through. Um, but like, you know, there's the common character, like, you know, the chef here, 
they call them master because I'm pretty sure that's just the term they use in Japan. Um, and that's what they call the guy in Midnight Diner. He's master. And so, you know, you don't get a ton of his character. And he's also very kind of quiet, but also sort of like, you know, quietly wise when he needs to be, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and the stories revolve around, again, just like each each episode focuses on a different patron. And you have this sort of common theme surrounding just the, the, the central location that is the diner, but it's not really about the diner. Yeah, like the, the chef has maybe 30% of the lines in the show at best in like his most talkative episode and it's totally okay like you still get a really good (laughs) grasp on who the person is kind of vaguely what his ideals are why he's doing this and i feel like i got a really really big midnight diner vibe from that guy too i want to say um in episode six of uh of restaurant to another world there's this really really adorable scene where uh, they're preparing for Saturday night, um, and uh, the the little vagrant girl has showed up to you know get ready for work, and they need to get some more supplies for some more um, food stuffs out of storage for so they can prepare dinner, and so she just like explains the process of going up an elevator to someone who has no idea what an elevator is, and it's so adorable. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just yeah. like we step in, he hits the second button from the top, the floor shakes, the door opens, and we're somewhere else. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. It's pretty, pretty magical when you think about it, actually. It's like what dogs imagine <laughs> elevators are. They're just like, I don't know. Well, actually, there's an interesting tidbit. People who, when they were first designing elevators, um, there's a very intentional thing where they wanted to make it because people are afraid of heights and of like moving up and down these cables. They basically want to make you. They want to give the illusion that you're in a flat building so that when the elevator opens, you're just in a different place, not that you've gone up and down necessarily. Mm. Um, so just the design of elevators does keep that sort of thing in mind, but not to get distracted us too much. That's really elevators. cool, actually. That That's that's a really... Man, this show is really well written. Like, that's that's a perfect way to kind of describe who, who this character is who's just experiencing this world. Like, that's... I, wow. What what a, what an end to kind of what that character's thinking. I... Wow, this show's this show's really fucking yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've said I'm still watching this show. I'm keeping current on it, and I shall continue to do so. All right, yeah, I'm going to keep watching. It, it's definitely uh, I'm going to keep up with it. Absolutely. And I'm not 100 percent sold. Um, but I'm definitely definitely interested to keep giving it a few more episodes, see if it keeps me hooked. And honestly, this is one of those where like I give it a one out of two, but. I have a strong feeling that it's going to get bumped up to a two, whereas some of the other ones I've given are like, yeah, they're probably, I'm probably not going to keep going, but I'm going to give it a try. And this one's a strong one there, for me. There were some of the shows from the first episode that I added to my queue to watch um, and continue on, and like three days later just dropped all of them. Like, do, do <laughs> I really want to? No, I don't really want to watch this. But I think this is one that I'm really engaged in. Yeah. Well, that's all the shows we have to talk about. Uh, Jake and Chris, since you weren't here last week, um, are there any shows from last week that you want to talk about real fast? Uh, I haven't watched any of them, but I am curious to get your uh, guys' takes just real quick, like what your what your index was. Everyone loved convenience store boyfriends, right? Uh, <laughs> I kind of did. I, I wouldn't say I loved it. I found it interesting. Dean didn't. Um, I really did <laughs> Last week was basically all duds, except that I thought convenience store uh, boyfriends there had were promise. A lot of duds. 
I was zero on every show last week, and Ryan was a maybe on, I think, two of them. No, one of them. Convenience store boyfriends? One of them. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh... Did you watch any of them, yes. Jake? Um, I I did not. I saw uh, I saw much, a little bit of I, elegant yokai apartment life, but uh, I wasn't really in the uh, anime reviewing space. So I was more in the anime watching space. So and it was a while back. Yeah, the we we talked a little bit about that when we talked about um, Tenshino Three P, which uh, was just not a good experience for me. <laughs> and, um, uh, Action heroine we didn't really like. Uh, convenience store boyfriends Ryan was stronger on than me, but Ryan wasn't really super no. like duper strong on it. He was like maybe. Um, and elegant yokai apartment life we both thought was kind of yeah. meh. So that was the that was the basic situation last week. Um, Ryan, are you caught up on Love and Lies? I have not watched this week's episode yet. Nor have I. I'm super yeah, excited. Me too. I, I haven't uh, picked Love and Lies back up. I'm going to. I didn't actually drop that one. Um, I am current on Welcome to the Ballroom, though. I haven't seen this week's episode of that either. I actually haven't watched yeah, any anime yet this week. Welcome. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't stayed caught up on Welcome to the Ballroom. I'm. I'm gonna watch it, but it's so good. I'm, it is very. I've only good. seen the pilot at this point. It's very good. I need to catch up on some of these because I literally haven't watched anything beyond the pilots of any of these. So. Uh, you guys are further along than I am on pretty much all of them. Cool. The, uh, there was nothing last week we said we were going to keep watching. No. Um, <laughs> Since I couldn't. I did. Ryan much, said. So. Ryan said maybe convenience. Yeah, story. and I actually I haven't seen any more of it. Um, I did mm. find out that apparently I I set up a never mind. Uh, I flew. I've been flying to Japan every week. Because someone has um, ten, ten, I know ten, exactly ten, what you three p on their DVR for me, and then I uh, don't watch it um, yeah. because I don't want to watch that show. <laughs> no, I for whatever reason I have my torrent client set up so that it downloads every episode of Tenchi no three p, and I don't fucking know why I have that set up because I don't want to watch that show. Um, <laughs> It, it's like a, a secret uh, sponsorship thing. It's kind of like how Twitter shows you the the <laughs> you want to see. They just download these episodes for you without asking. Like, no, here, try this new new product that you already have. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really excited to keep watching restaurants. So, Jake, do you, did you want to talk about Welcome to the Ballroom, ballroom or anything? Yes, a little bit. All right, go for it. Um, it got better than it was before. Uh, main character is learning stuff about dancing. Like, he's now like a somewhat competent dancer like not competition ready or anything but he's got like at least a yellow belt yeah, dancing yeah like he can he can go through the motions and he can he can do it and and he's it's still on the slow ramp up which is i think the perfect direction for uh this t- this type of anime plot to take um because it, it just gets a little bit better and a little bit better main character gets a little bit more knowledgeable and he's constantly learning new things in a way where it's still entertaining um, and his partner is adorable, so good. I'm I'm glad it's still going. I yeah. did uh, after Dean and I talked last week about Maiden Abyss some more uh, because we were fucking wrong about that show. I did actually pick it up yeah. and start watching it. Holy shit, that show is so good. Yeah, I I picked it up too, and um, I I liked it a lot more. I, I'm still kind of I think iffy on I, it. I I still stand by what we said for episode one. Actually, I yeah. think episode one was not yeah, great. That, 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once you get into episode two and get into it a little further, boy, does it pick up. Yeah, if this was a podcast about fourth impressions, we would all love this. But it's a podcast about first impressions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's kind of that's the thought. That's actually one of the things that I kind of thought about Vatican Miracle Examiner. I finished out. I, I talked about in the last episode. I finished out the the first five episodes, which is the first arc of that show, and um, it was really cool. And then I was like, I'm not interested anymore. I finished this story, yeah. but I've got other shit to watch. But if I didn't have anything else to watch, I would totally keep watching that show because it got so weird. <laughs> did you get to the point it went in zero Vatican to Nazis in five episodes? Did you get to the point in Vatican where he says, uh, or that was a great idea using that holy water, and then he said that wasn't holy water; that was just like acid or something. <laughs> it was because <laughs> that's before I saw Vatican Miracle Examiner. I saw that I saw that post on I think uh, 4chan. And it made me laugh yeah, so a, hard. There's this dude going crazy, and he's Hitler's he's Hitler's son, <laughs> kind of. They have Hitler's body cryogenically frozen in the church. <laughs> what? And, oh my, is this JoJo? What is this? It's, it's so cool. That's the thing. If I, had, if I didn't have so much other stuff to watch, I would keep watching this show. But um, they have Hitler's body cryogenically frozen in the church. They use his sperm to impregnate someone years ago, and we find that out over the Revelation of Mystery. And then... He's standing there going nuts. He's like, I am the Fuhrer. I am the leader. And he's going crazy. And then they start hitting him with holy water. And you think, oh, he must be a demon. And he's like, no, it's straight up bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> like, and so they're hitting this dude with battery acid. And he's reacting as if it's holy water and he's a demon. And then like later on, he's like, that was a really good move with the holy water. He's like, it's not holy water. It's battery acid. So we know he's not a demon. <laughs> Like, I I was, the only way I would have continued that is to watch that part and then drop it. Uh, Dude, I I really do recommend, like, if you want a story that gets wacky, I definitely recommend just watching the first five episodes. Because they go, like I said, they go zero to Nazis (laughs) so fast. (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to watch a wacky, interesting show, I'll watch... That, that, that comes to the whole like time crunch thing and me wanting to be entertained. Yeah. Like I'll watch Fully Cooley. I'll watch Bakemonogatari. I'll watch yeah. like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or Berserk or like th- there are a lot of shows that are crazy and zany. Berserk a yeah. little bit less so, but there's so many things <laughs> higher up on the list that I would watch than something that I don't know about. Yeah, if you're well, if you're interested in cryogenically frozen Hitlers in the basements of Catholic churches in Mexico, <laughs> definitely watch the first five episodes of that weird ass show. I'm pretty sure that happened in one of the Metal Slug games. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Um, uh, what are the shows that we're going to be talking next about next week? week is uh, next week. Episode 8. I just literally just now noticed I have the wrong title on this stream. Uh, this is episode 7, and the title for this stream <laughs> says episode 6. Um, next week, episode 8, my anime podcast is completely interfering with my school romantic comedy. We're, uh, we're covering the rom-coms of this season. Yeah! Uh, Jake is pumped. Yeah, Jake this is, is pumped. This is going to be Jake and Ryan's episode. Um <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, honestly, a lot of these look really bad. 
Um, yeah, that's okay. I think I think Battle Girl. I think Battle Girl Anime Podcast is going to be my episode. Yeah, Battle Battle Girl Anime Podcast. Fingers is, is probably I'll just be mute my episode. mic. <laughs> like, there's no point for me to say anything. I don't know. Um, Marvel Future Avengers and the Reflection Wave One, which I've heard bad things about, but I'm still excited to see because, goddammit, Stan Lee. Yeah, we'll see that one. Uh, <laughs> that one's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, so next week, rom-coms, we're, we're going to talk about Aho Girl, Classroom of the Elite, Gamers, In Another World with My Smartphone, My First Girlfriend is a Gal, Musican Galaxy Tylor, Netsuzoso Trap, uh, which is 4chan, the anime, uh, Nora, yeah, Princess, yeah. and Stray Cat, Skirt Nonakawa, Kidemono Deshta, and Sude Dude, Sude Dude, Children, Sude Dude. You pronounce these like you're not actually from Japan. Weird. It's almost like I'm <laughs> not actually from Japan. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> What's what is skirt no naka wa kedemono deshita? Translate. Uh, yeah, Google I would have answered that except none of us are actually from Japan. It was uh, bad things in S. Oh, it was a bad thing in S. <laughs> oh, does that answer your question? Okay. <laughs> Um, hang on, let me try. <laughs> like- let me try Bing Translate because it's a little better. Great, it auto detected that to English. Well, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> there was an English uh, word in there. Nope, right? Bing sure. is not translating this. So, is there not an American translation like on Crunchyroll or anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll. Is it? Wow, I'm not even getting like a Wikipedia article for this. This is gonna be weird. I'm, I'm scared. Should we just give this a preemptive drop? And, uh, <laughs> we're just preemptively dropping. This is even a Wikipedia article. Oh, I am all about this right? cover art. I, I also googled it. I'm about to. Uh, let's see here. Mal synonyms. There's a beast under That's... the skirt. Oh God! Damn. Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be is a this, show about this traps. Is, uh, this is. Yep. Oh my God! Is it? seem very excited oh my god no it's gonna be so funny oh i'm so interested in this um okay a show about traps that, really that's my no guess. that's that is Based what it's on, about there's okay is it going Dean, there's a beast under the is skirt it go- <laughs> is it going to answer the question are yes, it is. Uh, I mean, that question has already no. been answered. The answer yeah, is there you go. no. <laughs> All right, we can still be friends because if you said anything other than that, I was like, I can't really know you anymore. Uh, from from my anime list, Shizuka Kominami. It's a meme, guys. I'm not a transphobe. Shiz- Shizuka Kominami is a shy college student who, despite her bashful demeanor, attends a college mixer. There she meets Ryo Kirishima, a beautiful, confident woman whom she quickly befriends. After leaving the mixer together, the two spend the night talking and drinking, but when an inebriated Shizuka ends up at Ryo's apartment, one thing leads to another and she be- finds herself being seduced by her new friend. And what's more, Ryo is actually a cross-dressing <laughs> man. Oh, wait, so they're, right. they're playing cross-dressing and not trans. I that's feel like that was... That's the more appropriate way to ha- to handle things as far as Japanese anime is concerned. If you want a uh, trans, if you yeah, want that's... trans, go watch. I think it's the last season's Hodu Musuko. It, it might be. I, Hodo. I wasn't requesting trans. I just thought it was interesting that <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that they were going the cross dressing route. New podcast trans title. Route. I wasn't requesting <laughs> trans. 
<laughs> I don't feel like anyone ever requests it. It's just a thing that happens. <laughs> I wouldn't deny, but I wasn't requesting. I wouldn't be like, no, get that trans away. No, I'm fine with the trans thing. I just, I don't, I wasn't requesting that to begin with. I just think it's interesting that they don't go that route. It makes me question, It's. A, I think there are culture implications for Japan for not going the trans route and going the cross-dressing route. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it, it next time. It. I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this has been Annie Files. You can uh, support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash That's I-X-I-R-S-I-I. Um, this show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Network. You can find us on airad.io. Um, find this show there. You can find Dean's show there. You can find old episodes of Drinky Files there if listening to two drunk college sometimes dudes three is your of thing. us. It's sometimes, sometimes yeah. more. Sometimes a lot of drunk college people. Um, that was a fun show to make, less to listen to. It, it was even less fun when when <laughs> yeah. your car got towed and you had to stay at Dean's house for like two days. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that made for for a great next episode, though. Dream, dream, dream. God damn it! Someone's <laughs> been talking for like two hours. D- Dreamo files. <laughs> Dean and I got drunk and uh, got to got Dude to half. make jokes about you getting your car towed. Um, <laughs> Dude, what? I'm, I feel so bad. <laughs> I still it's feel fine. bad Just about like that. Just like give me $1,000 and we'll call it even. Well, that's unfortunate. Then we're enemies forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash shadowhawk54. Uh, where, can, where can people find you, Dean? I can be found on Twitter at Dean Weisner. Um, my show can be found at uh, Dino. No, I'm not at Dean Weiser anymore. I'm at Dino Files now um, because I'm trying to separate those two things. And I just said my last name on your show. So hey, they didn't know it was the last I'm name doing a great until fucking now. Job of that. Um, <laughs> you're right. Um, no, I'm at. I'm on Twitter. I was like wise nerd. Yeah, exactly. That's what it should be. Um, <laughs> my no shit. My grandma. My <laughs> oh my god! The truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been a mistake. Next but, episode um, featuring Ryan, Chris, Bud, <laughs> and Cherno. No, I'm there too. It's not just Cherno. Oh, Bud. <laughs> she was after Bud Weisner. Yeah, that was gonna be a mistake on her part. Anyway, um, yeah, on Twitter at Dino Files, my show is aira.io slash. Dino files with dashes because fuck it, who cares? Don't do the dashes on anything. Just search it without the dashes; it'll show up. Um, yeah, that's what that is. I've got a Patreon too, slash Dino Show. I think that's it. And I am Jake. Uh, not doing any podcasts, but you can find my inane ramblings at a uh, Twitter slash uh, nine underscore Chernobyl C I R N O B Y L. Yeah, I like I'm like a discount wind. Man's wind. <laughs> and uh chris you can find me on twitter at k-r-u-e-g-e-r underscore chris uh i'm also a co-host co-host of the backward-compatible.com podcast where he talks about games and new media with the splash of academia um very different show than this but still quite good good show thank you uh 
This has been Annie Files, episode eight. I need a better outro. Play it off, Kenny. And then the sax solo starts. (laughs) Bye. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.